When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Everybody listening on the 77 WABC app around the country, around the world, as a matter of fact. Also out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, and on your smart TVs, on your computers, at WABCradio.tv, you are listening to the Bernie and Sid Show, the number one rated, the highly rated Bernie and Sid Show, in the morning on 77 WABC. So uh, happy Friday to everybody. Despite the, excuse me, happy Friday Eve. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you. Thank you. I got to quit the drugs. I got to quit the drugs. Uh, yes. Yeah, so for Friday Eve, you're feeling Friday. Are you not? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, listen, every day is a great day. Every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. Except on Mondays, they suck. Sunday nights are not great, to be honest. Tuesdays are kind of average. So maybe not. Maybe not every day is a great day. Uh, yeah, I would uh, concur, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. But, uh, Either way, that's what it is, right, what we have right now. It is, uh, what's it like out there? You know, I don't commute, obviously. I, I understand it's raining. It's a little, uh, it's not bad. No. Depressing, no? No, it's not depressing. It's uh, it's uh, not even raining. Maybe a bit of a drizzle. Uh, not bad. I, I know that uh, this morning a little cloudy, but plenty of sunshine this afternoon. The problem is it's uh, it's going to be cold. But if you want warmer temperatures and rain doesn't bother you, you're going to love the weekend because Saturday's mid-50s with some precipitation. And we may get as high as 67 degrees with some rain on Sunday. So the warm weather comes back. And then next week, very few days that I saw 20s and 30s, mostly 40s and 50s. So we are inching our way towards spring, Bernard. See what I'm saying? Nope. <laughs> Let's take an optimistic view. Things are looking up. It's going to be beautiful. Spring Spring is what? Less than two and a half weeks away, something like that? Uh, I think three weeks from yesterday, right? Even more importantly, St. Patrick's Day Yeah. in about two weeks. Uh, so it's a happy day. Also, uh, very happy for uh, kids around the tri-state, uh, excuse me, well, yeah, the tri-state, not New York City, in New York uh, State in particular, out here on Long Island anyway, I can tell you that, kids not wearing masks. They went back to school, and it was uh, it was really a sight to behold. 
You know, and, and as a matter of fact, kids say the darndest things, and they make you happy. So why don't I just start with that? Cut 38, Lou. Cut 38. You have kids in school out on Long Island going back, no masks. They are absolutely ecstatic over it, and uh, their, their, their happiness is infectious. Listen to some of these kids. It's like the best day of my life. Let me see bigger smiles. I haven't seen my teacher at all this year, so I'm very excited to see her smile. We have a daughter in middle school, and we said, you choose. For the children not to see their friends' faces and the teachers' faces was difficult. It's hard for education, for communication, for just a general sense of well-being. There you go. So uh, the kid's very, very, very happy. And when the kids are happy, I'm happy because, you know, I go back to when my kids were small, and uh, I'm very sentimental about it. I feel like they're still those kids when they were small, even though they're big. My son is like, uh, you know, six five for God's sakes. I still look at him as a, as a you know, a 10-year-old kid. Of course. To be quite honest with you. My son's 13, so he's half your son's age. So I'm experiencing exactly what you're playing right now. I'm going through it, but... What, what frustrates me about it is, if you read Miranda Devine today, the beautiful Miranda Devine, who wrote one of my five blurbs on my upcoming book, Citizens United, Amazon.com, go buy that today. She does a story, Top Ten Ways Joe Deluded Himself, talking about uh, Joe Biden's speech two nights ago. And number five, the word she used is beating. And she goes on to write, beating the opioid, uh, the opioid epidemic, Opi- excuse yeah. me, and covid so while we're celebrating today children going back to school without their masks on, truth is this should have been done five months ago, six months ago, and instead Biden and this administration is taking a victory lap today in celebrating with you, Bernard, when we all know they blew it. This, is, this should have been done months ago. No, this was uh, one of the biggest uh, atrocities, if you will. Yes, I will use that word. Of the uh, whole COVID uh, pandemic, the, the, the cruelty displayed towards kids, the callousness, the indifference, the selfishness on the part of politicians and, yes, teachers, teachers unions in particular. But a lot of teachers did speak out and they went along with it and happy to go along with it. And uh, so, yeah, the kids are the last to take the masks off. You had the uh, all those fools in Congress the other day not wearing masks. And uh, there was a funny, uh, well, I think it was funny. He's catching a lot of heat for it yesterday. You probably saw this. Uh, our hero, Governor Ron DeSantis, <laughs> America's governor, yeah. down in Florida. He was doing an event, and he shows up at the event, and behind him, well, supposedly, not supposedly, uh, scheduled to be behind him, and they were, were a bunch of kids as he spoke. But as he walked up towards the kids, towards the podium, uh, the kids who were like teenagers, they were wearing masks. And he rolled up and he says, what are you doing? Take the mask off. You look silly. You can wear them if you want, but you look silly. Uh, you know. Anyway, uh, we have the audio. This is cut 34. This was terrific. Governor Ron DeSantis, take a listen to this. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is ridiculous. There you go. And but if you watch the video, uh, which I did many times, it is great stuff. Amy Epstein sent it to me yesterday. Thank you from the blaze. But um, when he said that, Bernard, as you know, you've seen it, the kids took the masks off. So the point is, if they were really dead set on wearing masks because they were nervous, they wanted to make sure they were safe and healthy, even after he said that, they would have kept them on. They're more concerned about their health. As soon as he said it, they took it off. 
That goes on to show you that it is 1,000% theater. Complete, total COVID theater, as he said. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, just a stupid spectacle is what it was. And, uh, yeah, again, back to uh, the State of the Union when nobody was wearing masks. Uh, we have, uh, you know, well, yesterday we had coverage of it, but it was immediately afterwards. And we weren't quite sure exactly how it was received. But uh, over at Fake News CNN, this is Cut 24, excuse me, Cut 29, Lou Rufino. Lou Rufino in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Can I have a, can I have a, 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 a round of applause for Lou Rufino back on the Bernie and Sid show? I know. In case you didn't realize that. There we go. There we go. So uh, it's too much. So cut twenty nine. This is how uh, the disastrous speech. And by the way, it was a complete and total disaster. It was just a slap together. It seemed like it was written by high school students, and uh, it was just awful. Stumbling around, we played the Biden. He couldn't speak two nights ago. Anyway, listen to CNN and their reaction to the speech. I'd say something that will maybe unpopular with some people that watch Morning Joe every morning. But it seems to me our dependence on Russian oil continues despite the fact we're the largest producer in the world, uh, despite the fact that we actually are not getting all the energy out of the ground that we can get temporarily because of this war. Wouldn't it strategically make a lot of sense for the United States to ramp up oil production so they can cut off the dependence On Russian oil, we have the ability in this country to produce enough oil for this country and energy for this country that we can depend a hell of a lot less on Russia. Can we not at least do this temporarily? Well, of course, that was morning schmuck. Uh, That was uh, I gave Lou the wrong number. It's cut 23. But that that's still irrelevant right now. Of course, even the left coming to realize that uh, Biden screwed up big time on uh, not, you know, cutting off the, by A, his energy policy, but B, continuing to buy oil from the Russians, effectively rendering you people out there on the Connecticut Turnpike, on the Garden State Parkway, on the BQE, you guys are inadvertently financing uh, Russia's invasion into the Ukraine. There he goes again, taking Luke's traffic. That's right. (laughs) I get one thing to do around here, Brian. Luke's people are warmongers is what they are. And uh, callous ones at that. Innocent people are being killed because you're pumping gas that you're buying from the Russians. I'll have a conversation. Anyway, let's go back to uh, Cut 23. My my bad on that. Play that one, please. What he did say is that I want you to know that we're going to be okay. As, As the sort of soother, the empathetic president, don't worry about this. I got this. You know, it was a Churchillian speech that was more church than chill. First of all, I thought that was Joe Biden at his best. Uh, Uncle Joe is back. I thought he was he was being uh, the leader. Listen, nobody believes in these American ideals more than Joe Biden. It's show tonight. Oh, my God. He, he has spent his entire career standing for American unity at home. He stood for that <laughs> and for American ideals abroad. And I thought, and listen, I have not seen unity in this country like I saw at the beginning of that speech. Come on. I was impressed with the energy. If you've never heard of democracy and you just looked at the body language of this guy, this guy believes uh, that's in a, that's everyone. A, that's actually all I can, that's I all I can say. That's a, that's a guy named Van Jones. Oh, he's a moron, Van Jones. Stop it. So listen, I make you ha- smile with the little kids, and then I make you vomit two oh, minutes later. I mean, come on. News. What has he done? Before? You know what he's done for 40 years? And I know he won 36 consecutive times. I get it. He's the Bill Russell of politics. Fantastic. You know what he's done? He's stolen a heck of a lot of money. Bill Russell, come on! Steph Curry or Bill Russell, come on! We'll get to that later. But he has stolen a ton of money. 
a ton from countries all over the world and made himself a very, very wealthy man. Joe Biden lives in a $9 million mansion. That's how much he cares about American values and ideals. He's a crook. And uh, uh, listen, Bill O'Reilly has a great, he's going to be our guest at 840. He really has a terrific column out this morning. It's called uh, Putin's uh, Biden's Time or something like that is the headline. But either way, he writes in it this. Putin's Hitler imitation was not caused by Joe Biden, but he enabled it by attacking the American energy industry, thereby giving the evil Russian dictator billions in cash. While Biden was surrendering to the climate change warriors, Putin supplied oil and coal to the world, most notably to NATO allies, including us. That's what I'm saying to you guys out there on the uh, West Side Highway. Here he goes again, Luke. (laughs) The Bell Parkway. On the Wanto Parkway. <laughs> the Meadowbrook Parkway. You name it. All you guys, you're all, you're all complicit. You're all complicit. Even folks these... listening right now, and don't kid yourself, there are many on I-95 and or the Sawgrass Expressway down in South Florida. That's right. Let's go around the country. Let's go outside of Luke's purview and uh, get all the rest of these people. And uh, yesterday you had, uh, listen, you had this uh, Kamala Harris. Remember yesterday we played the clip? And she's speaking like a fourth grader, or you know, instructing us like a fourth grader. Yep. Well, she went on. Uh, she went. She made the rounds. Believe it or not, on uh, Good Morning America. This is Cut Sixteen, Lou. This is her again. Now she's trying to explain here in Cut Sixteen the Ukraine conflict, and she goes back to that. Uh, you know, that 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 simplistic, treating us like idiot uh, mentality. When it, she's the idiot. But anyway, listen. It's Cut Seventeen. Is that something that the administration would continue, would consider in terms of further sanctions, cutting off the oil and gas uh, part of the economy for Russia? Well, as you know, that on this issue, for example, we applaud Germany in terms of what it has done as it relates to Nord Stream 2, as it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as, as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally. We have, as the president said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing in terms of the strategic oil reserve here in the United States to make sure that it will not have an impact or we can mitigate the impact on the American consumer. Just a lot of words, a lot of talk. A lot of nothing. But I'll tell you what, she made the rounds yesterday just to really further your frustration after that Van Jones stuff you played. She made the rounds yesterday because all these shows, including Good Morning America, and you played some of the CNN stuff, which was ridiculous, they really pumped this guy up. They said he did a great job. She did a great job. The country, once again, feels good about ourselves. I don't know what country they live in, but that was the narrative from Good Morning America and many of the cable shows outside of Fox News and Newsmax yesterday morning. Because they're dishonest, they're corrupt, they're biased, they're fake news is what they are. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, the State of the Union, uh, it was so bad. We played a, a montage of the gaffes yesterday, <laughs> and it was so, so embarrassing. But I think we missed one. I think we missed this one. Play cut eight. This particular gaff was not included in uh, Justin Ellick's beautiful montage. Cut eight. Play that, Louis. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out. I heard this. Yeah. A, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop I, I... the spread of these diseases. We left that one out. That was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was as embarrassing as all the rest of them. I, I think then, you want to say to keep out the COVID, but of course, building the wall high enough was a shot at Donald Trump, and he managed to f the whole thing up. 
Uh, completely, totally, totally, totally. Why doesn't he write it down? <laughs> he did. He, he, he still can't read it. It was in front of him in like two tele, not one, two teleprompters. Yeah. Remember how Bernie used to do that for Don Imus during the interviews? He had the same thing, Lou. <laughs> somebody, somebody typing right in front of him? Yes. <laughs> and, Just and read it, the damn script. Listen, this imbecile was in Wisconsin yesterday for some reason uh, with, his, uh, with his wife, uh, Dr. Jill. Not a real doctor, ladies and gentlemen. And the same thing, the same thing. He was just, it, it, it was just so embarrassing. Cut to, once again, Biden in Wisconsin yesterday. We're getting ready to, excuse me, while we're getting ready. Mm-hmm. When I signed that infrastructure law 100 days ago, we already had, uh, we already had the ground run, run we, we hit the ground uh, running. Uh, <laughs> the Union Pacific on. Railroad, when I was in Pittsburgh, I well, I met the, 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 the folks who run the Union Pacific Railroad, just announced the purchase of the largest ever purchase of electric locomotives made in Erie, Pennsylvania. In the same plant, by the way, that the guy who turned down our lights built a factory. Oh. You believe this? You got it now. <laughs> by the way, what time this morning do we find out that Joe Biden has never been to Pittsburgh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're, yeah, that, never been to Pittsburgh. No, they, not only never been to Pittsburgh, but <laughs> doesn't even know it exists probably uh, yeah, until uh, he read it on the script yesterday. You know, it's funny you mentioned Dr. Jill Biden because sometimes when I'm angry at a politician, this is just for me, for Sid Rosenberg, I come around when I see family. Like if I see the kids or the wives, I'm like, okay, he's still somebody's dad, he's still somebody's husband. And as soon as Dr. Jill Biden walked into the chamber on uh, Tuesday night, I dislike Joe Biden even more. <laughs> so, uh, it didn't work. That? It didn't work in this case. Oh yeah, she uh, she does nothing. No, I, she's to me she's actually she's giddy. She, she, she knows that he's really a vegetable. He shouldn't be the president, but she's happy to be partaking in this limelight. That's you know, all she, she wanted, she, right? She, she's she's you know happy to be the first lady. Uh, you know, she, so sort of like an Eric Adams. Uh, I don't want to call her a media whore, but she 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 relishes the attention. No, it's a good analogy. It's to a, the expense of uh, at the expense of uh, her her clearly suffering husband. Yeah, you can't you can't convince people you love your husband, and you let him go out there and embarrass himself and this country and millions of people every day. There's no way you can convince me you love him at that point. I, I think your analogy, Derek Adams, is right on the money. I really do. Well, uh, thank you, Sid Rosenberg. I will say this to wrap it up: uh, the State of the Union. What? How? How many people do you think watched? You know how many people watched the Super Bowl? What hundred like? million. Hundred million. Yeah. How many people do you think watched the State of the Union, which was broadcast, by the way, on every single stinking uh, TV network, cable network? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people do you think watched? Well, by the way, when you give me the answer, that's going to explain why Roger Goodell, believe it or not, uh, should make about fifty million dollars a year, as much as we hate his guts. I'm going to say about fifteen million. Hey, that's pretty good. It was fourteen million. Wow, really? Fourteen, uh, a paltry, a skimpy fourteen million people, and they tell us, of course, he got eighty-one million votes. By the way, Lou Rafino could run the NFL, and the Super Bowl would still get a hundred million. Well, viewers. that's true. That's true. But he is the coach. It, it, it'd be like saying, "Well, uh, you know, uh, two guys can walk in tomorrow and host Bernie and Sid and get a five point eight. But the truth is, we're here now, and we're the guys doing it, so we get the credit. And you were in Pittsburgh, too. And I was in Pittsburgh, that's right. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we have a great show for you, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, whose, whose column I quoted this morning. It's brilliant. Go to BillOReilly.com to watch it. Anyway, he's coming up at 840. we got a, a terrific show, 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We'll be right back.
Little Rick Ashley for you at 625 on your Thursday morning. Your Bill O'Reilly Thursday on the number one rated New York news talk show, Nielsen Ratings, the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. And um, if it sounds like I'm beating my chest or Bernie did earlier, we are. (laughs) Because uh, we're not that far removed from being in a spot where it was going to take a miracle to dig out of where we were, a miracle. And uh, again, at the sake of repetition, and I know it annoys some of you folks, I just don't care. We can't thank John and Marco Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez enough for showing the confidence and loyalty in us when John bought this station to allow us to continue to do mornings on his station. And uh, now it feels good because I feel like everybody's happy. Right? He made the investment to stay with us, didn't really know us, uh, not much at all, in fact. And I think we've repaid him by getting uh, big revenue, big numbers, and uh, it's working out well for everybody. So thank you to John, Margot, and Chad as we celebrate another great month of great ratings on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. I tell you, I can't wait to read the New York Post every morning. First of all, I'm still a huge sports guy. And for me, there is no better sports station in any uh, space station, no better sports paper, any newspaper in the country than the New York Post. I can't explain why, Bernard, but their writers are great. The way they put the box scores down for any sport, I really like it. A lot of gambling stuff. I just think the Post does the best job with sports by a distance. But, of course, since I've evolved and come to work with you, I actually read the front of the paper now first before I get to the back. Huh. And, like, the first eight pages are all Ukraine and Russia. And I not, know. I, I mean, know. again, not to sound like a insensitive. I feel horrible for the Ukrainian people. Horrible. I hate Putin. Blah, blah, blah. But come on, man. Um, it's not like New York City is free of, of any issues. Like everything is so good here, we could just afford to attack Putin every day. Same thing with cable news. Same thing. It's all it's uh, all uh, Ukraine. It's all Russia all the time. I mean, it's too much. I mean, he surrounded this city. He surrounded that city. You know. I mean, uh, you know, spend five minutes on it and then uh, let us know what happened later on. But you don't have. We don't need a blow by blow, a report. It's like a guy standing out in, in local news, standing outside a fire that the firemen are, are, are fighting. Right. And say, well, they got the third floor uh, out. Now they're uh, up uh, up to the fourth floor. We don't need that. <laughs> That's Just funny. wait, wait. When they put the fire out, get back to us and tell us they put the fire out, how many casualties they were, there were, and uh, let's move on. I mean, you got Bill Gates. There's a story on page 11 of today's New York Post. Philanderer, ex-bills on Gates charity and cheating. Okay. You have to go two more pages to page 13. There are three stories on page 13. One is attacks seven, seven Asian women. Next story is stabbing at hatchet shop. Next story is feces fiend let go again court shizzle show. I don't know, Burn. for me, those three local stories, not only much more important than what's going on in Ukraine right now, but certainly more important than Bill Gates and his divorce. Uh, a hell of a lot more important. Nobody cares about that f- flabby uh, pervert of uh, Bill Gates, that condescending, flabby, snotty, rich pervert. Uh, uh, you know, that poop story I heard, some, this is not mine, somebody had a good line, that uh, the dude with the, the, the poop story, the, and by the way, 44 priors, Yes, and he was just let out constantly with after violent uh, you know arrests. Uh, anyway, they say uh, he is typical of the Democrats. They keep shoving crap in our face, <laughs> in our faces that we don't want. That's pretty good. I thought that was a good line. That is good. You know who, you know who said it? You remember? 
Uh, no, I saw it online. Uh, who, who, you know, a lot of these things, they start online, some some dude in his basement or whatever. Yeah. And just people pick it up and, uh, you know, and becomes, uh, you know, becomes part of the American lexicon. I did watch a little bit of The Five yesterday for the first time in a long time. I've been having uh, Fox News on in the house quite a bit because usually around Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly. And then I go back and forth. I'm still watching between Stan- Stinchfield. I like him a lot and Tucker Carlson. But um, that's still a good show. The Five on uh, Fox News is still pretty good. I mean, as far as uh, Fox shows go, I, I, I have to think maybe Burn, that maybe that's one of their top, maybe top two or three. I would say. I would say they're very good. I, I like Jesse Waters. I like them all. Judge Janine, she's a regular. She's part of a, you know, a permanent co-host. I was going to ask you that because I've seen her on quite a bit lately. So she got the full-time gig there? She's on yeah. the five every day? Every single day. She, wow. she, in fact, she gave up the Saturday show because she's on uh, Monday through Friday. She's one of the regulars, uh, as is uh, Gutfeld, Perino, Waters. and They rotate uh, these liberals. Right, right. Uh, but either way, if, if, uh, it's funny you brought that up because uh, I pulled a clip from Gutfeld. They're trying, you know, anything you say, they, they, they're looking for, you know, to try to get you in trouble. Gutfeld went on a rant on the State of the Union. And uh, he called he called Biden. Uh, I don't know what did he call him an idiot or something like that. <laughs> he, oh, jackass, jackass. Anyway, just listen to Gutfeld on uh, you know Biden funding the wanting to fund the police. Anyway, listen to this. This jackass did was didn't do a thing when cops were being killed. When, 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 when businesses were being burned, he hid in his basement, and only when it became politically expedient, when he was worried about losing an election, and now when an election is coming up, all of a sudden he's backing the blue because he felt it was better at the time, right, to embrace the woke orthodoxy that put BLM above law enforcement. That's what he did. So I'm sorry, when I see, you know, CNN's recently purchased conservatives, you know, those principled few supporting, oh, isn't this great? Look at him. Such a good thing. You're an idiot because (laughs) this guy was nowhere to be found. And for anybody applauding him supporting law enforcement, you're an idiot. So I I go to these left-wing websites to see what they're saying and doing, Hmm. and they're trying to get Gutfeld in some sort of trouble. Of course. It's a stretch. It's a reach. That that was harmless. By the way, that's stuff we've been saying for forever. Uh, But anyway, that's what they do, and that's why I have that that clip. So coincidentally, you brought it up, and there it is. Miranda Devine, in her top ten ways, Joe deluded himself, used the word championing for number eight, and uh, it would be championing police. That was one of the delusions, that he's actually out there worrying about the police and funding cops and all this stuff that he goes against every single day. And certainly the people he works with go go against every single day. He tried to convince us two nights ago that all of a sudden he cares about it. That's number eight of the top ten ways Joe deluded himself. A must-read in today's New York Post by our good friend Miranda Devine. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It is a Thursday, as Bernie mentioned last segment. Bill O'Reilly stopping by at 840 this morning. But before, way before that, a lot more work to do. Sydney Arthur. Traffic and sports is coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the aforementioned Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers show, Foundation show, I should say, every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Here the judge talks about Ukraine. Now we see this guy who is the president of Ukraine. His name is Zelensky. He was a comedian, and he got elected president of Ukraine. This guy is right now on the world stage a hero. He's not leaving. 
He's not running away. He's on the kill list of Putin. And the United States says, oh, we'll get you out. And he mocks the United States and he says, yeah, I need ammunition. I don't need a ride. If that isn't the essence of a hero. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Another night, another loss for the Knickerbockers. I was there Sunday with Gabriel, courtesy of Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News, when the Sixers came to the Garden and in a close game ended up beating the Knicks by 16. Well, the Sixers beat the Knicks again last night and almost again by 16. This time 15, 123 to 108. Your final score last night, a double-double for Joel Embiid. He put in 27, grabbed 12 rebounds, 26 more for James Harden. 76ers remain the three seed inside the Eastern Conference behind Miami and Chicago. The Knickerbockers, they're now 12 games under 500 after 62 efforts. Here was Julius Randle after last night's loss. We're out of the plan. That's out? Glass half full type of guy, Martin. I know you're half empty, but I'm half full. We just need to get a win. We need to get a win and, and go from there. Be such a dick. By the way, the Knicks, uh, it gets tougher tomorrow night on the road in Phoenix against the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. Talking about one seeds, the Brooklyn Nets are back at it tonight, and they'll take on the one seed in the East, the aforementioned Miami Heat. The Rangers snapped their two-game losing streak last night, lit the lamb three times in the third period, including this go-ahead goal by the machine, Chris Kreider. Strom directs it back out to the point, forwards the batter jab. Now Fox. But Aaron, 15 seconds remaining on the penalty. Score! Fox with the shot. Deflected in front. It's a power play goal. The Rangers back on top. That's a call by Kenny Albert, my good friend Kenny Albert, courtesy of TNT Sports. And finally, Major League Baseball, no end to this lockout in sight. They've already canceled 91 games. Here's Houston Astros all-star Alex Bregman on the latest. I'm sad for fans. I'm sad for just people that love the game of baseball. Um, I love the game of baseball. I'm, I'm a fan of the game, and uh, I'm heartbroken by it. So are we. Sports brought to you by my dear friend, our dear friend, Pete Morgan, and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Again, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, download that app. It's really uh, it's easy. It's entertaining. The 77 WABC app. We're also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And uh, if you watch on your smart TVs, your computers, if you want to, you go to WABCradio.tv and you can check us out. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm actually wearing a gray sport jacket today with a button-down black shirt. 
and at the risk of sounding really arrogant and brash, I have like 100 DMs from chicks all over New York that want to bang me. I'm married. I love Danielle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know the black shirt is turning you on early in the morning. Uh, just a little dance for these folks on the, uh, the TV screen. But uh, thank you very much for the compliments, but I'm okay. Thanks. Is my wife texting you again, bro? Uh, well, what the hell's going on? Let me see. Five ones. Uh, yep. I'm going I'm to walk, walk right downstairs now. And t- <laughs> the hell are you doing? You know, I actually had a chance to talk to Carol for a couple of seconds two days ago when I called. I couldn't reach you, and yeah. I got through to her, and she gave you the phone. But, um, man, she's such a great lady. I love her so much. God bless she her. She is a saint. She is a saint. She, I can't even tell you uh, how good this woman is to me. Uh, my my lovely wife, Carol. I just love her to pieces. Well, you bring her up, and I do want to give out information in the 7 and 9 o'clock hour because you do love her, and she's a great wife, and you guys are married, like me and Danielle, uh, 30 years, something like that. And we both, uh, we know, of course, that our very, very good friend, Joe Esposito, dear friend, former chief of police, he lost his, as you, as you know, Bernie, you always say this, his quote-unquote bride, his baby, he told me yesterday. I do have the funeral information which I will give out in the 7 and 9 o'clock hours, 61st Street and Bay Parkway in Brooklyn. I'll give that out top of the 7 o'clock hour and 9 o'clock hour. The funeral, I believe, begins at 9 o'clock on Friday, but they're also carrying it on the Internet just in case you can't make it. Just a uh, really, really heartbreaking story right there, Chief Espo. Uh, speaking of wives, uh, what you, you have, of course, uh, the imbecile in chief, his wife. She was with him yesterday up in Wisconsin when he was stumbling around. And she allows him to do this. So I, I have no sympathy for her, no respect for her. Uh, Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, by the way, she, if, you have, uh, you know, if you have palpitations and you're thinking you're having a heart attack, don't call Dr. Jill. She's not a real doctor, okay? She teaches in a community college. It's like Julia Serving, right? I mean, yeah. She like, don't want to go see Dr. J if you're dying. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, she's got some schmuck piece of paper. You know, she passed a course. Uh, in some uh, master's uh, program or whatever the hell it is. And now she's Dr. Jill Biden. Okay, great. Anyway, she was with him yesterday. Apparently she's not reading the poll numbers, uh, Dr. Jill. Listen to what she said. Things are so much better. You were right to put your faith in Joe Biden a year ago. Idiot. I mean, these I people, mean, they, they must be on drugs. Either that or I'm on drugs. I know I am on drugs, to be honest well, with you. Well, you know, I guess at, at some point I must have um, registered as a Democrat when I was down in Florida. I don't know. I don't remember doing it, Bernie, but I, but I have always told you for the most, uh, most of my life I was a Brooklyn Democrat Jew, you know, and I was fine with that. I even liked Clinton way back when. So I get these emails every day. Bernie, I get bombarded with emails every day from the office of Kamala Harris, from Joseph R. Biden. Yesterday I got an email from Jill Biden beating her chest about how wonderful her husband is, how proud of her, 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 her husband she is, how the country is clearly behind her husband. If I read this email to you word for word this morning, you would want to kill yourself. You would stop going for chemotherapy right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, uh, it's just inexplicable. I, I don't know what they're saying. I mean, it's, we, we really live in two Americas. They look at, at it through their prism of... I think hatred for the right and Donald Trump and uh, all things uh, non-woke or something. I don't know what the hell. I really just can't explain it because it's clear as day. It's provable. It's demonstrable. The guy's been a disaster, nothing short of a complete and total disaster uh, in one year and uh, two months in. And uh, at the State of the Union the other night, you remember he was he omitted uh, the his worst disaster, which was the Afghanistan yep. debacle. Yep. 
And you had that uh, congresswoman from uh, Colorado. Her name is Lauren Boebert. Now, she, just so you folks know, she actually uh, is a big gun toter and had a fight because she takes her gun into the halls of Congress, and they wanted to make her stop doing that. And she's like, no, I'm not going to stop doing it. So if you think she's hot before, this is a gun-toting lady who doesn't take crap from anybody. She is a firecracker. Can I say that? Yeah, she is Damn a right. little firecracker, this Lauren Boebert. Anyway, just to remind you, this is what happened, the uh, State of the Union the other night. He's talking, flag rape coffins, and she screams out. Take a listen. It's 18. These burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world, never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. One of those, <laughs> one of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. Yeah. By the way, it, 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 there's no evidence that his son uh, died from any of that. Uh, he, he wasn't on the battlefield or anything like that. No, no. He even said that. He even said, "I really can't prove that." But uh, there's no doubt in my mind it had something to do with it. Well, listen. All I know is, uh, uh, you know, uh, Greg Kelly's a veteran. He flew up a, a plane over Iraq, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, and uh, I tend to agree with him, but uh, I'm not a veteran like uh, Greg Kelly is. So Greg Kelly says he invokes his son way too much. Stop talking about your son every time you talk about dead soldiers uh, because it's their moment uh, for, you know, some some memories or whatever it is. Not uh, Bo Biden. All due deference and respect to the late Bo Biden. So anyway, she caught a lot of hell, did the Lauren Boebert. Uh, Saki was asked about it, this smart-ass, condescending, uh, peppermint patty uh, <laughs> schmuck Saki. Uh, listen to what she said about Lauren Boebert. A speech like the State of the Union, it's hugely important. It doesn't touch on, it doesn't have the time to touch on everything that is a priority during that heckling. That was the moment in the speech where the president was talking about his unity agenda. I think that says a lot more about them than it does about how important these priorities are. Really? Is, his unity agenda, said? Unity agenda. I mean, no, one, no one's divided this nation more than this bumbling idiot in the 54 years I've been on the planet. He spent a year calling half the country racists, yeah. Nazis, yeah. and then demonizing the unvaccinated. Yeah. I mean, uh, unity agenda? Well, it is funny how all these people now, uh, they claim that Lauren Boebert was disrespectful and Marjorie Taylor Greene is disrespectful. And that's fine. That's fine. I have no issue with them saying that if, in fact, they allowed Donald Trump four years prior to govern and didn't destroy him, oh, I don't know, every second of every day. So you just really notice now, and you've been saying this for a long time to your credit, Bernard, but you really notice now how hypocritical these people are, that they come out and they're so, they bain this anger about Lauren Boebert when they demolished the office of the presidency every day for four right. years. Uh, they, yeah, exactly. Uh, they are dishonest is what they are. You know, you had uh, all kinds of depictions of people assassinating Trump, cutting his head off, 
and uh, they essentially either ignored it or, or or applauded it. Oh, they applauded it, and, and calling him a racist. His father, Fred, used to put the letter B on uh, on people who wanted to move into the building, so he knew they were black. They called him a Nazi. They called him, I mean, the things that they called him a heck of a lot worse than what Lauren Boebert and I will also say this. If you thought Lauren Bobert was disrespectful a couple of days ago, that's fine. But you tell me, her blurting out a number, okay, from somewhere in the crowd, is that nearly, nearly as disrespectful as Nancy Pelosi ripping up the president's speech as she stood right behind him for millions to watch live on television? That is brilliant right there. What you just said is absolutely on the money, spot on. Beautiful examples to counter this stupid argument. You had the senator from uh, South Dakota. His name is John Thune. He's a good-looking guy. He goes on CBS with Gail King. And, of course, uh, after all that went on the night before, that's all Gail King could think about. Listen to her talking to John Thune about Lauren Boebert. I have to talk about two of your colleagues in the Senate, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. I'm curious about your reaction to their behavior last night. Well, I don't think there's any place for that. Uh, You know, it's inappropriate. State of the Union speech, whether you agree with the president or not, it is an opportunity to show the American people the respect that the office uh, deserves. Will Republicans uh, come out publicly and really say, let them know publicly that was not okay to do? Well, I will see how how it unfolds today. You know, typically the the House, um, you know, will, if there were steps to be taken, they would, the House leadership would probably do that. But I think that there'll be plenty of um, condemnation from people, uh, colleagues and whatnot, and uh, just a recognition that those types of antics in a setting like that mm-hmm. are inappropriate. And I think, any, every, I think everybody would agree with that. So not even a minimal amount of uh, you know, defense for Lauren Boebert in that. Just say that, that, well, Joe Biden should have addressed the Afghanistan issue. At the very least, say that and then right. condemn her if you want. Right. Say something. Show some balls. But the, 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 these people, this wooden uh, John Thune, uh, that they, he exemplifies a lot of these rhinos in, in the Senate p- in particular. And uh, he also said this. Oh, before you play this, I want you to know that I spoke to a lot of people yesterday. A, they had no idea what she said. They didn't even hear it. They had no idea what she said. Secondly, they have no idea who she is. So, again, at the risk of repetition, watching Nancy Pelosi rip up a speech on live television right behind the president compared to some lady who most people don't know blurting out something that most people didn't hear is absolutely ridiculous. No comparison. Com- completely. And uh, once again, I applaud you for uh, making that uh, analogy right there. Uh, just to show you how clueless this uh, Thune, what a rhino he is. Well, listen to what he said about Biden's, uh, well, overall performance. Go ahead. 28. We're joined now by Republican Senator John Thune. He's from South Dakota, the Senate Minority Whip. Senator, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, Gail. Nice to be with you. There did seem to be a lot of bipartisan support, bipartisan applause, certainly when it came to how the president, when any comments he made about Ukraine and Russia. Do Republicans, for the most part, think he's doing a good job on this? Uh, they do. I mean, I think a lot of Republicans would argue that it was they were reactive at the beginning, at the early stages, maybe didn't do enough uh, to deter it. But I, I give the administration credit. I think they've done a, a, an exceptional job of rallying Good Lord. Uh, our allies. What about the energy policy, you moron, you idiot, you dummy? Uh, John Thune, that's why we're in such trouble. A lot of these Republicans, they don't want to fight. They don't want to fight. They acquiesce. He's happy to be on sitting there with that with the race baiter, Gail King, 
and, uh, you know, throwing, uh, you know, well, actually propping up Joe Biden and throwing the, his critics under the bus, essentially saying they're wrong. People like me. Yep. And then you had then you had Whoopi Goldberg. She said this about oh, Lauren oh. Boebert. Listen, this is your girl. Oh, I want to know. Whoop, Whoopi. Take a listen to Whoopi. Oh, oh, oh. Don't talk about the military unless you really want to talk about the Don't military. Don't talk about the Jews. You know, you can't do what they do. That's why they, we revere them, because they do the stuff we can't do. Right. And the minute you poop on them, who the hell do you think you are, little girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who do you think you are? You know? You don't have to you don't have to like this president to be respectful of him talking about the military oh, really? and his son who died. You don't have to do you don't have to Oh uh, shut like up. Him. That's enough for her. Hey, who the hell do you think you are, big mama? Huh? Who do you think you yeah, are? Talking about the Jews. By yeah. the way, you, you cut it off right before the part where she goes, unlike the last guy who, you know, made fun of gold star families and uh, didn't care about our troops, and she, she added two or three examples of which what she thought was Donald Trump doing the wrong thing. She sounded so stupid, so uninformed, and then Joy Behar comes in. She's like, yeah, you tell him, girl, basically. And again, to your point earlier, which I'm glad you made, Bernard, we have no idea whether Bo Biden died from serving or not. And his moment right there was ruined because the truth is he was exposed as a fraud and a fake and the service hates him, and they love the last guy. So shove it up your rectum, Whoopi Goldberg. You ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Boebert said 13 of them before Bo Biden was mentioned and his son. She, she had no idea he was going to say that. He did not talk about Afghanistan. He was talking about flag drape coffins. And she said what she said when she said it, all before Bo Biden. Keep that in mind. So good for you, Lauren Boebert. You are a hero, at least to me. Me too. On the Bernie and Situ, one 848 We have Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. A lot of show to come, folks. We're all over everything. Keep it right here. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. What you do to me. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great app. Get it. It's easy to do. I'm looking, uh, Sid and uh, Louie, I'm looking at our our former colleague, Connell McShane, on uh, TV. He's in Poland with the refugees, with the Fugees. And uh, I guess it's getting out of control over there, but... uh, it's good to see Connell in a, in a really good-looking man, a good-looking guy. He is in, a handsome guy. Yes, in a, in a Sid Rosenberg type of uh, scarf. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I can't see nice, that right now. Yeah, he's got it wrapped around his neck. So how about that? You got Connell McShane on television. You've got Bernie Lou and Sid on the same radio show right now. Somewhere, somewhere, that old curmudgeon bastard, that forbidden Donimus, he's smiling somewhere. That's right. Oh, or knowing I'm as he's miserable, he's like, I can't believe these bastards have a career. I'm gone, and they're still doing really well. I guess it wasn't all about me. I'm going to have to work on that one, I think. Yeah, I, I guess think, so. I think I, would say, I think I would go with the latter. The latter? Yeah, I think you're right about the, the yes, uh, not smiling. That's not his M.O. But uh, who knows? Who knows where he is? Maybe it's hot. And it, there's, no, there's no reason to smile. I don't know. Oh my I'm just speculating. God. I have no idea. Uh, but, so, uh Anyway, uh, yeah, Connell, Connell McShane, and uh, we talked about the, this war earlier and the coverage. 
Uh, I don't know what the you know the end result is going to be here, or what people want. Uh, no troops. They want a no-fly zone. It's uh, it, it, to me the, the talks. By the way, the peace talks are, are resuming this morning. Uh, so after and and the, and the reports are that the Russian soldiers are so demoralized they didn't that. realize that they were going in yeah. to uh, you know kill people and conquer places. I actually saw a video of a Russian soldier calling his mother yesterday crying, and he's on the yes. winning side. Yes. He's going to yes. survive, and he was crying. He was calling his mother saying, I can't believe what they made us do. They, yeah. were, they told us we were going to either train or they were going to these friendly regions, these separatist regions, which would have accepted them gladly. Instead, uh, you have this where they're attacking civilians. They're dropping these oh. illegal bombs, the father of all bombs, yeah. where civilians, their, their lungs collapse. Uh, wait a second. When, when you say the father of all bombs, you used the same exact terminology when Donald Trump dropped the bombs in Syria. You said the father of all bombs. actually. It was, it was the mother of all bombs. Oh, you're right. You said the yeah. mother of all bombs. Very good, Bernard. Yeah. Very good. This is what you call a vacuum bomb. For what it yeah. does, it's really horrific. But anyway, the uh, Russian soldiers, yes, demoralized. Peace talks continue today. We'll talk more about it on the other side of the news on the Bernie and Sid Show. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Shelter, Rolling Stones, Lou Rufino, so happy. And Lou's a big music guy, and he loves this type of music. This is a bit self-serving, though, to be honest, Bernard, because Gabby Lopez is out today, and Eric Salas is sitting with Chad. He was supposed to put up a picture as he played this song of the real-life guy, not a character, the real-life guy, Joe Dracula Guglielmi, that I'm playing in the movie Gemini Lounge. I leave March 21st to March 26th to shoot before days. I've got to go back in April, too. But um, I did spend some time last night, Bernie, in between watching the Bravo channel, catching up on the Real Housewives. There's the picture. There you go. Thank you very much, uh, Eric Salas and crew. Thank you. That's the real-life guy, Joseph Dracula Guglielmo, if you're watching right now on WABC Radio. You see that, Bernie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WABCradio.tv, TV. My outfit today actually would work with uh, with this character. But um, I did take some time out last night to uh, to read the script and... um, these are the most lines I have yet. You know, my Dave Busco character in Gravesend, 
has uh, you know, a decent amount of lines, but it's only four or five episodes in a full season. And the tank job, I've got plenty of lines. I don't start filming that, though, until August in Bayonne. And the London uh, script I haven't received yet. So this is really the first script I've got where I've got, you know, a lot of lines, a lot of different scenes. And I play, again, Roy DeMeo's first cousin, a guy that was really active in cutting up the bodies at the Gemini Lounge on that second floor. And it was a little uh, a little intimidating last night. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. A little bit. A little oh, bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, why? Tell me what, well, what your look, apprehensions are. Look, uh, one of the reasons why I love radio is, and you and I talk about this all the time, um, I think I'm particularly good, and again, I don't want to come off as arrogant, but I think I'm particularly good. The mic goes on, and I could talk about anything. I don't need a script. I don't need right. uh, anything. I'll just go, and, and of course, I've got the best partner in the world, so you and I together, we can talk for you know for an hour straight, and that's the show, basically. There's no preparation. I don't study the night before other than watch TV, read the paper. I know what's going on, but I don't study necessarily to put on this show with you. This right. is a whole different animal now. Oh, no, completely. This is, uh, you know, you, you got to adhere to uh, what they want you to do exactly, precisely. Right. There's no, there's, there's no room for, you know, laugh here, laugh there, well, no, sidebar no, 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 here. No, that's really that not necessarily true because I can tell you that when I cut those scenes with Andrew Dice Clay in uh, the Gravesend show, that I did add curses and laughter. I did uh, improv a bit, and they did like that. So okay. there is room for that. But not like this. Like you and I, man. I mean, Bernie, we do a four-hour I don't want to hear about De Niro. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. Pacino, all these guys. We do a four-hour unscripted show every day. That's work. Not somebody writing the lines for you. But it does become a bit daunting when you have to start to memorize some of these things. So a little, a little intimidated last night. Just a little. Well, don't be. I mean, uh, you, you, you got it covered. You're a smart guy. You just remember the lines, and uh, you just do them. So I, I, I understand, you know, your anxiety a little bit. By the way, that's your nature to be to, to be a, a little bit neurotic about things. Well, so I, you're going to be that no matter what. That's true, but I will tell you this, and I think you'll agree with this: if you are not somewhat neurotic, if you are not nervous, you're never going to be great. Like people go, "Well, I don't want to be nervous." No, you need to be a little nervous. You know, if it's a big moment. Now, look, I'm not nervous anymore when I come to work with you in the morning. I was deathly afraid every day on IMAX. There's a difference between being a little nervous, which I actually think makes you better at what you do, and being deathly afraid where you want to kill yourself every day. Uh, but you should have a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nerves when you're doing something that um, that really challenges you. Yes? True. True. You should have an, every, a, a healthy amount, a healthy amount, but not a... Uh you know, an overly, uh, what are you laughing at, Luke? I'm listening to the two doctors discussing <laughs> a patient that is having a breakdown. Yeah, well, Luke Legrano actually said, uh, yeah, in my ear, he goes, my father Larry always says, if you're not nervous, you don't care. So, and you can use some life advice no, from my is, father. There said. is truth to that. But, but here's how you overcome, uh, this, this is Dr. McGurk speaking, here's how you overcome it, is uh, being prepared. You, right. you get your script, then you, you study it, and you know it, and the, then the anxiety is minimized by, 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 a, by a lot. Okay, right. I could take a poll right now of everybody around the station and see if that theory really holds true. <laughs> so we, we could make predictions. Like, what do we think? Do we think they'll, they're all going to say, that, that kind of just terrifies me. Yes. Go ahead, Justin. Go Justin. ahead, Justin Alec. What do you think? I'm t- absolutely terrified. I know I don't show it, but I'm at them. I'm, I'm, you're not terrified. You don't no, care. No. You don't even care. No, he doesn't. He doesn't he, even care. No, I don't. He doesn't, he doesn't even know where you are. He, he doesn't no. even know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he, just, he heard the question. And he's like, 
He I'm gave terrified. an answer. He gave a good answer. I'm terrified. No, but Bernie, you have no idea how right you are. He doesn't even know what we're talking about. No. What, what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You're like looking down? What, what, what are you writing? I'm what taking you... very diligent notes. I'm about what? About the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, things have changed. You know, you were behind the board. Now we've got Lou. So you're in here with me now. And I see you doing stuff, but I have no idea what you're doing. So that's Well, what it's, it's stuff that, you know, normally would take time a lot of time after the show that now I can... So give me an example. Give me and Bernie an example of what you just wrote down. I'm curious. I'm what sorry, did I? What, yeah. <laughs> what did I write down? Yeah, what did you just write well, down? Well, to be honest, I, there aren't a ton of notes that I need to take. Wait, I'm not done with my thought. There aren't a ton of notes that I need to take when um, when, when the segment focuses on, on you alone, Sid. Sure. You know? Sure. Because what right. am I going to write down? Sid's in a movie? Right. I mean, Who, cares? Who really cares? Nobody cares. Right. We knew Sid was in a movie. Right. right. He right. told us five times. Nobody the show cares stuff. except for the thousands of people on my Instagram account that right. uh, congratulate me and send me naked pictures every day. But you're right, nobody cares. Right, nobody really cares. Right. So that's why, and you know. Uh, <laughs> and you have those pictures already. It, exactly. Anyway. And, and, <laughs> and, and you bring it up so often that that kind of information is easy for me to retain. Okay, well, then, then let's, okay, dick face. So, so let's <laughs> go easy, to a scenario easy, where, easy. I'm, I'm sorry, Bernie. Well, I'm not talking about myself. Let's say it's a, a segment where me and Bernie <laughs> yeah. are talking about Belarus or the Ukraine. Yeah. What do you write down? Belarus. Well, if there's good promo material, if there's a good <laughs> back and forth, I'll mark that down. If there's a good... What have you written down so far today? That first hour, uh, this has been a great uh, segment. You're all very, very funny. But that first hour was epic. What'd you write down? I'm just curious. Well, I wrote down some notes on uh, Miranda Devine's t- piece, Top Ten Ways wow. Joe Diluted Himself. That's good. Um, I loved when... It, it, I loved uh, when uh, Burns uh, called... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. He didn't dilute himself, you moron. He didn't add water to his orange juice. He meant dilute. He diluted. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Bernie, you hear this? Whatever. I mean, that, that's what you're complaining about? I used an what? I instead of an E? Hold on a second. Bernie, how can we possibly make fun of Joe Biden and his gaffes when our producer confuses the words dilute with dilute? Well, listen, you got the, the poor kid on the spot. He's he's speaking of anxiety. He's nervous oh, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you send Bernie money every I'm week? No, no, my boots. How, how about me taking that full circle right there? I mean, there, Bernie. There's your anxiety. But this is why everybody on the show, love, like Matt Meany loves Bernie, Justin loves Bernie, and you all hate me because... No, that's I, an overstatement. That's it's not, it's an overstatement yeah. that they hate me? Yes. They don't hate you. Oh, they hate me. No. Oh, no, God. You're, you just, you're easy to rag on. But here's why they hate me, Lou, because I'm the Peter Ducey. Like, I give him a hard time. Like, when he uses dilute instead of dilute, I'm not going to go, oh, that's cute. That's very cute. <laughs> I go, you're, what kind of stupid college did you go to in the first place? Your anus college. Well, Bernard wouldn't let him do that either. He would approach it differently, probably. Ha, well, how would Bernard do it then? He would say, uh, 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 Justin, i got to tell you, the word is dilute. Right. Uh, well, you, you well, what would I, I do? You know what I've done in, in the past when... And uh, he's corrected me, Bernard. He taught me a lot of things throughout wh- the years. Wh- wh- before you got there. Justin, tell me this is uh, true or false. In the past, I've heard Justin uh, say things in a, say, a sportscast. I would correct them off the air. I'd say, listen, just for future reference, the word is pronounced this way or are you using it in the wrong context. Tell them off the air as opposed to on the air. That's oh, that see. would be my yes. approach. Okay, that, so that's very right. true. There was, there was one instance in particular where it was a, where you know I made a wasn't a huge mistake. I can't remember the word exactly, but uh, uh, Bernie was nice enough uh, to privately sure <laughs> talk correct about, me. Talk, talking about privately. Remember the movie Private Parts? No, there was one scene where Howard Stern and Robin and Jackie Martling would cut off a one end and uh, one end of the word and have you put the rest of the word together. So if I said blank. Cat. What would you say? Black cat. Okay, great. I'm looking for pussy cat. So <laughs> See, the fact, the that, fact, that's how our minds work right. a little bit differently. So there. The fact that Bernard chooses not to humiliate you on the air because he's a very nice guy, he really is, and I do, doesn't change the fact that we both feel the same way. We just have different 
MOs. That's all. So I, you, li- I like this course. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't get this with Lennon Michael, did you? No. <laughs> this no. is not a diluted segment here. <laughs> not at all. Not I'm even just close. curious, but on a, on a serious note, because we can't listen because we're on the same time. We wouldn't listen anyway. But <laughs> those years you spent with Lennon Michael, what would they would they talk about? Like, what would a segment outside of the news? What would they talk about, Lennon Mike? Well, the the, the Broadway scene. Probably. Oh my God! <laughs> it's the first thing on top I oh. think of that I. There's no Broadway. It's canceled. I took a, uh, I took I a walk care. and went to the bathroom, so stop, I, I, stop badgering me. I don't it. even care if it was thriving. I mean, I wouldn't want to hear Broadway talk, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Could you imagine, Burn? Putin is knocking down buildings. People are dying in the streets. People are getting raped on the subway. Michael Riedel is actually telling us you know, what his favorite Broadway musical is. How, how, how long The Lion King is going to last? <laughs> if, it, if it didn't happen two blocks within this two-block radius of his house, he didn't know what was going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh, he's man. a good Good guy. No, he's a very nice guy. He is. Yes, he is. he's a very nice guy. Yes. He's, he's a very nice guy. He is a smart guy. Too. But there's a lot of very nice guys that you know in your daily life that you wouldn't put on a morning show in New York City. Is that fair to say? Well, it, we're in a different category now. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I'll have to, I can't disagree with you. All right. Well, Justin, we're happy that uh, you've uh, now assumed this new role. It's important, right? Very important role. Yeah. It's a, you take it's notes? A rather important one. You take notes and what else do you do? Well, listen, I'm doing mid-show production work. So whatever we need produced, if it's a promo, if it's uh, he's if doing it's a, everything. If it's a highlight, if it's it does everything. He's doing you know, everything. if there's something I need okay. to do for the podcast later right. on, I'll do that. If, he, if 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 I hear Bernie bring up something topical and there's and we don't have sound for it, I'll go go out there and we'll grab it. And That's we'll, great. And we're we're ready to rock and roll. So it almost seems like um, your role is more valuable now because Lou is the best brought up in the history of the game, and you're great. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to you, Endor Matt Meany, but it almost seems like your role for me and Bernie is even more valuable now. Uh, yeah, I think that's the idea. Right. But or, there, there was a backhanded slap there. Somewhere. Of course there was. I think <laughs> you, somewhere. There, it was somewhere in there, Lou. Well, I, I, I'm it. not exactly yeah. sure well, where yeah. it was. I'll well, tell you this. It wasn't diluted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but listen. He has a title now. He's the executive producer. But what was he before, Burn? He was the board op. Oh, he was the board uh, op. And I guess a producer, but not the executive producer. But wasn't, isn't Matt Meany the executive producer? No, he's still the program director. Do you get this wrong on a daily basis? No, but it's incredible how often you get this wrong. No, but hold on a second, Lou. I've heard him say I'm the program director, but I'm also the EVP of the Bernie and Sid show. Well, essentially, he's the EVP of the whole station. Okay. I mean, you know, in in essence. All right. I don't think the guy goes home. Who, Matt Meany? No, he never goes He home. was here. When, when, oh, even when you got here. I got here at 5 o'clock. He was here. Yeah, he was here. I saw him walk in behind And Chad, like, too. Yeah. Why yes. are they here so early? They, they, they work. Man, they want to they talk work, to you yeah. after the show. I can't I imagine what it's about. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, that was a very enlightening segment. Now everybody knows what everybody does on the program. We've got a great cast of characters here. Great. And I can't tell you, Bernie, how many times throughout the day other people in this building go, hey, can I come on you guys' show? Could I be a cast member of Bernie? And so I said, no. No, you can't. It's not happening. <laughs> Can I be a cast member? We're not just giving out handouts here. This isn't, you know, this, know. this isn't a charity. I what know. Are we, what are you, right. yeah. No, you're right, but they, they, they treat it like, hey, anybody, hop on in. Let's do this. That's, yeah. not, that's not how this works. Matt, right. Matt Meany has the brochures. Go see him. <laughs> Sorry, Dino, You're stuck with the Greg Kelly. Right. Uh, oh, oh, listen, Dino would, would cut his left testicle off right now to uh, do sports on this show in the morning, but that ain't happening. That's not so bad. Yeah, hey, listen, I know a lot of guys are one that are doing just fine. He would be just like Lance Armstrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, to this day, Lou, going back to the nostalgia moment on the Burning and Sit on the Imus show, oh, Bernie God. contends. I love these. Bernie contends the most embarrassing moment, maybe, in the history of that show was how the day before, 
I was on the air with you guys just eviscerating Lance Armstrong. And then Bernie, and, and, I, and I will not admit to this, Bernie says when he came into the newsroom the next morning at FAN, I was all over him, hugging and kissing him up his leg almost. Now, knowing me. Well, you know, the whole bro hug thing. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, oh, man, you're a big fan. You're huge. You know, all right. that stuff. Now, yeah. knowing me. Yeah, Lou, yeah baby. That, it's it, philanthropy. That's there, it. There's no way it went that way, right? Knowing me, right? I, I, I have to think back in my foggy thoughts. I don't really, There's so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> I really. That, one, that sounds. Like one, though. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That was it. That's something true. I mean. You got me again. And, and, and as Armstrong was walking out the door, Sid was holding his leg. You know, he was dragging Sid along, trying to get out of the uh, building, you know, it's that true. type of thing. It was like Jeff Van Gundy holding it, on to Alonzo Morning. After having slammed him the day before. I did slam him. You're right. But, of course. Bro, how are those testicles doing? Hey, by the way, who helped me slam him the day before? Probably me. That's right. There you go. <laughs> but I wasn't I wasn't kissing his ass the next day. Oh, that's a fair point. Okay, you got me again. 1-800-848-WABC. Still to come, we've got Liddy Reports coming up at 825. Bill O'Reilly comes your way at 840. And, of course, Beat Bernie coming up at 940. Always informative, always newsy, always opinionated, but most importantly, always entertaining. We are Bernie and Sid. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I am considering going to TV rehab, trying to get away from television news, an industry I have worked in for 46 years. Why? Why do I need rehab? Simple. Too much propaganda, which is bad for me and you. Propaganda that is untruth is now a money maker. It is cheap, easy to produce, singling out guests who can say whenever they want. And the host or anchor just sits there and lets it go because the host or anchor are too lazy or stupid to acquire the knowledge to challenge the guest. Then the host or anchor cashes his or her check. So where have you gone? Mike Wallace, Ted Koppel, Barbara Walters, Howard Cosell, Tom Snyder, people who would challenge on the air, people who spread propaganda. Now, very few on TV do that. Have you watched the morning shows lately? How about the late night comedians? They just let people say whatever they want to say. It's just infuriating. So I need rehab. And I'm going to get it. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, download that app. Also out on Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And on your smart TVs and your computers, WABCradio.tv. Check it out. Look at Sid's beautiful pocket hanky or whatever the hell you call that thing. 
He looks uh, he looks very dapper. I'll be honest with oh, you, ladies you, and gentlemen. Dee. Thank you. And uh, you know this. Uh, back to the uh, depressing news. I will say this about the uh, war in the Ukraine and the news coverage. Uh, the, the the news outlets they wouldn't be covering it if if it didn't ref- if it, their uh, ratings research didn't show that it was a winner. Whoa, ratings- whoa 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 hold on, CNN, MSNBC. <laughs> That's right, and no, and uh, all, all the local they don't get news, ratings. Local news outlets, uh, uh, even the uh, nightly news, they cover it because they, they think people you know it, it, the, their research shows that people want to hear about it. Apparently. Yeah. I don't. I want to get away from it. But it is history in the making as well. So it is very, very important. And it, it could result in a nuclear war. It has a lot of ramifications. It's going to co- The price of oil, I understand, is over $110 a barrel. Yeah. So you're going to see $5 a gallon gas instead of the $4 you're experiencing now. Wow. But when, speaking of CNN, uh, uh, Sid Rosenberg, Anderson Cooper was interviewing some dude a Ukrainian dude, and uh, I, I don't think he was expecting the response that he got. But uh, take a listen to this. Cut 30. A week ago, he was a construction worker, but then Putin invaded and everything changed. You have a message to Vladimir Putin. What is it? What would I tell him, he says? I would tell him he can go f- himself. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, that's the spirit of the Ukrainian people. People uh, love it. They respect it. And... Uh, you know, they've really captured the attention of the world and uh, galvanized uh, support because of their courage, their resilience. This guy Zelensky running around the streets, knowing there are assassination squads going after him. Uh, you had this uh, uh, Ukrainian prime minister, excuse me, Ukrainian member of parliament. Her name is Oleksandra Yustinova, and she made this really impassioned plea on one of the cable news shows yesterday for help. And uh, we'll opine on the other side. Take a listen. Cut 30. All Ukrainians who had access to Internet, even from the bulb shelters, were watching this address because our lives depend on it. And when we've heard that uh, there would be no uh, American troops in Ukraine, that's what we have been asking for. American soldiers to fight for us. We can do it on our own. We're asking to protect our sky. And when the president says they will not be in the conflict, this is not a conflict. This is a war. This is a public execution of Ukrainians in front of the whole world that everybody's watching 24-7. We had memorandums. We had treaties. We are an associated member of the European Union. So we were promised the protection when we gave up our nuclear weapons in the 90s. What happens now? Nobody wants to even help us with the support to protect the sky. We need air defense system to shut down the airplanes if they enter the Ukrainian Effectively, space. Uh, she, she, she's calling for that no-fly zone that would yeah. result in... Uh, World War Three, yep. because we would have to shoot down a Russian plane, or they would have to sh- shoot down one of ours, and uh, that's what we can't do. It's true what she says. Uh, we made them, the Ukraine, give up their nuclear arms in the '90s, and promised them protection. Of course, uh, that agreement is out the window. They are on their own, uh, and uh, they're they're greatly outnumbered. Even though the Russian troops, you hear these reports. Uh, the Russians, uh, they miscalculated, and the Russian troops are demoralized. It's not going well. In the end, the Russians are going to prevail, and the Ukrainians are going to lose. They, there will be an insurgency, but a lot of people are going to die. So I hope with these peace talks today, they 
they get, get somewhere, and this thing uh, concludes rapidly. Well, you talk about the peace talks, and you're hoping it concludes. And I agree with you. We talked about this yesterday. Zelensky is like a game fighter who eventually is going to get knocked out. That's the bottom line. Uh, so I'll ask you the same question I asked you a couple of days ago, not to compare the two. I understand one is completely entertainment and nonsense, and one is not. But better chance of succeeding peace talks in Belarus today, ending this conflict, or Major League Baseball at some point back by April 7th? Uh, I go with the Major League Baseball. I don't know. I don't know. I oh, gotta, really? Yeah. I don't, I'm starting to feel, uh, listening to Roger Goodell and Tony Clark and these people, that you've got, you have a maybe a better, no, what do you think, Roger Justin? Goodell? Roger Goodell. Who's Rob, Roger I'm Goodell. sorry. Man, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, right. There you go. What well, do you think? You see how it feels, that, that, Sid? Yeah, see how it feels? You see? I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, what do you think? Baseball talks or Ukraine-Russia? Um, to be honest, these baseball talks are, are not going anywhere. But, I mean, listen, uh, leadership in the MLB is, um, they're crazy. They spent six, uh, six weeks when the lockout started not saying a word to each other. So it's their own fault. But um, I would probably I would go with UK, UK, excuse me, Ukraine, Russia. That would end before baseball starts. Yeah, I, there you I go, Burn. So. How about that? Well, you have uh, already they canceled two games from uh, what I understand. Well, two series, two series, series. So, yeah. so, okay, so two it's six series. games, right? The Mets were going to play the so, Nationals and the Braves in Queens, and the Yankees were going to the uh, state of Texas to play the Rangers and the Astros, and, and all those games have been wiped out. And the players are not getting paid. Correct. So, therefore, they're really, you know, your longevity in the, in the league is in question. You never know how long you're going to last. That's a lot of money they're losing. True. I would imagine there's a lot of pressure from the players to the union. Get this thing solved. I, I need this damn money. Yeah. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to be a baseball player. I mean, same thing with football players, even more so with football players. Yes, yes. The, the longevity, well, there is no longevity. A lot of times it's less than a year, so who knows? Do you know how much Scherzer loses a day? How much? It's, I think I heard, 240000 A day. A day. That is a new New York Met pitcher who, by the way, Bernie happens to love. Bernie's a huge Scherzer fan. <laughs> Big is that time. unbelievable? Yeah, that's, 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 it is unbelievable. And f- a day. A day. A quarter that, of a million dollars. If they miss a month... He's going to lose like six million. <laughs> right. So this is what makes me say, uh, you know, the, the the baseball thing is going to be resolved soon. Although I hope the uh, Ukraine thing is. Hey, one last thing: uh, uh, the Supreme Court nominee. Yeah. Her name is Katanji Jackson, right? Yeah. Uh, first, let me play uh, cut sixteen. Remember Kamala Harris the other day explaining the Ukraine uh, Russia war. Take a listen to uh, cut sixteen, Luke Kamala. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. (laughs) So she betrayed, uh, you know, the simpleton that she is, essentially. And uh, Katanji Jackson, for some reason, uh, went on uh, Twitter yesterday and tried to explain the Supreme Court and it was eerily similar to the, the you know, tone wise to what Kamala did with the Ukraine thing. Listen to Cut 35. Watching that idiocy tonight, that State of the Union was a disaster. Does anyone in America truly believe that we are better uh, off? That doesn't now? sound like Katanji to me. I have just had the honor of being nominated to sit on the United States Supreme Court. Supreme Court justices are on the highest court in this country. And it's very important that the justice system is administered fairly so that people can have liberty and justice in our society. 
So that's a, a very simple explanation. I was very good, Bernie. That's a good ear. You, I mean, I'm telling you, man, that does sound eerily similar. And that kind of like Disney-like music in the background yeah. made it even more, you know, kidsy, Dr. Seuss, Disney. That is a good ear. Uh, that, that, that was very, very similar well, to me. You, thank you. Thank you. It doesn't make her sound uh, very impressive. Tucker no. Carlson no. under uh, some heat for demanding that she release her, 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 her school records, her grades. From the past, uh, the, you know, the media matters and all those people are going after him. But I will say this. When she was first introduced by uh, Joe Biden, I loved what she said. I mean, she sounded uh, reasonable. She's a crazy leftist, maybe even a woke tart. I don't know. But this is what she said when Biden first introduced her about a week and a half ago. Listen to this. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. Among my many blessings, and indeed the very first, is the fact that I was born in this great country. The United States of America is the greatest beacon of hope and democracy the world has ever known. I mean, you got to love that. No, that was good. That was and good. she went on to talk yeah. about how uh, her respect for law enforcement and yeah. members of her family in law enforcement, and it was very impressive. But uh, doesn't neglect, doesn't negate the fact that she may be, like I say, uh, uh, this this leftist woke tart, and maybe not that impressive uh, intellectually. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, you know, I gave Brett Kavanaugh a chance. I gave Amy Coney Barrett a chance. I gave Neil Gorsuch a chance, and they turned out to be all very good. Appointed by Donald Trump, I will tell you. That uh, the back and forth with uh, Coach, uh, well, Coach, <laughs> with Judge Breyer and uh, Biden and that crew the other night really made me nauseous. It's if you watch the <laughs> post game, I know you're laughing, Burke, because if you watch the post game, they were like hugging each other and kissing each other. I mean, give me a break. I know, yeah, it's really, uh, it's nauseating. I did see that. John Fogarty, Creedence Clearwater Revival. That's his solo stuff. Center Field here at 745 on your Bill O'Reilly Thursday. He'll be here in less than an hour. And, uh, you know, talking about uh, baseball, at least we don't have the Mets and the Yankees, Bernie McGurk, but at least we do have, starting early May, Staten Island Ferry Hawk Baseball. Year number one, Gary Perrone. I know you're listening, doing a really good job. Eric Scheffler, John Katsimatidis, the whole crew. So no Major League Baseball in the Bronx or Queens, but top-notch minor league baseball in Staten Island comes your way this May. And I urge folks who love baseball like I do, unlike Bernie and the whole crew, go buy your Staten Island Ferry Hawk tickets and buy them today because it may be your only chance to watch real baseball. What is it, Luke? You want to say something? No, I'm just uh, supporting you here. Uh, oh, good. Ferry Hawk okay. baseball is going to be very, very exciting this year. And by the way, you won't uh, go into bankruptcy if you take your two kids to a, a Ferry Hawk baseball game, unlike if you take, take them to a Mets or Yankees game, 
I mean, you got you, you got you know mortgage your house for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fair point. I mean, it's still the cheapest of all the major sports. Baseball, you can get still get seats a lot less than football or basketball or hockey. But it's a fair point, Bernie, because by the time you take the kids and you get there and you eat all day, it's just uh, on top of the ticket prices, it becomes very very costly. So, excellent point, Bernard. Also. Uh, Joe Esposito, we know the former chief of police, a dear friend of me and Bernie, really Bernie Moore, to be honest. Uh, Joe and I just got close the last couple of months, very close. He lost his uh, beautiful bride, Chris, a couple of days ago. It was shocking. We, uh, he sent us pictures three hours before of a seemingly happy uh, lady doing very, very well, but she had a medical issue they weren't aware of, and it did kill her, unfortunately. He wanted me to pass this information along. Tomorrow is the funeral. And uh, thank you, Justin Alec, for giving me the pronunciation on this. You're right. St. Anatius Church. Is that how you say it? Anatius? Do you remember? Spell, spell it. I'll tell you. A-T-H-A-N-A-S-I-U-S. Athanasius. There you go. That's what I said. St. Athanasius. You're exactly right, yeah. Justin. St. Athanasius Church. It's in uh, Bensonhurst, Bay Parkway, and 61st Street. Viewing in the church is from 9 a.m. till noon tomorrow. The Mass is at noon. You could also watch it. It'll be live streamed on the site for the actual church. Again, 9 to noon tomorrow, Bay Parkway and 61st Street for Chris, God rest his soul, Esposito. Okay. Uh, a lot of serious stuff today, obviously. Some great laughs, too. That's what makes Bernie and Sid the number one show in this city. But I do want to get to this. Remember the days, uh, Bernie, and you do more made better than anybody, the days of Hannity and Combs. Of course, the days of it, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I appeared on uh, Hannity and Combs after the uh, Imus Rutgers incident a couple of times, and uh, so I, I remember it very well, sure. And they had this really good back and forth, and uh, clearly they were on opposite sides of the issue. And so many shows try to be that, whether it's in politics or in sports, right? You had uh, for years, you go back and forth with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, uh, Skip Bayless, uh, Shannon Sharp, all these Mensa members. And there was a show on uh, CNN. It was a very popular show called Crossfire. Yes. Who, who was that again? It was, it was Pat Buchanan and, say, Bob, the late Bob Beckel. That was you a know, good show, though, right? People like that. It was great. It was, it was great. great. Well, I found the best one of all, and uh, that is ESPN, this terrible show, First Take. It's terrible with Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin and some girl who sits in the middle who who's pretty enough and I guess smart enough, but it's a waste of time. Quinnipiac alumni. Uh, uh, Quinnipiac alumni, there you go. That's right. Wow. Good, <laughs> yeah. uh, good job. Wow. But every once in a while now, uh, Bernie, they've been bringing on our dear friend, former co-worker at WFAN, a guy that was on this show last week, and actually Chad Lopez hopped on during the interview, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. So he ups on with Stephen A. Smith now once in a while. And I'm telling you, Bernie, they're not talking Ukraine, Russia. <laughs> they're, not talking, sure? <laughs> they're not talking about subway crime. But it is so entertaining and so good that I thought I would share two minutes. Because I know you love doggy, Bernie. It's funny stuff. I do. So yesterday, again, it wasn't about Ukraine, Russia. And by or, the way, I like, I like Stephen A. Smith is very entertaining. Uh, like him or hate him. Uh, he's, no he's, question. He's yeah. very uh, animated. He's One very good. One of the good. nicest guys, too, you'd ever meet. I mean, right? But Lou, I was X. telling these guys. That's right. Oh, that's right. In the halls of WABC. Distinguished gentleman. Right, Very listen, nice man. And he makes so 10, nice. He makes $10 million a year. He's now the highest paid ESPN personality. Stuck in traffic. Yeah. He cool. So these two, again, not Ukraine, Russia, not, not Hokel versus uh, Zeldin or Astorino or Giuliani. They're talking about whether or not <laughs> Golden State Warrior point guard Steph Curry should be considered one of the 10 
greatest basketball players of all time. And the heat and the passion that goes into this really, really will shock you. You're going to be like, I mean, just on the the surface, do you even (laughs) care whether Steph Curry's a top 10 player, Bernie? In the grand scheme of things, who gives a rat's ass? So you couldn't imagine getting all heated up about that, and you couldn't no. imagine it, right? But I understand that that's what they do. That's their uh, purview. That's their that's their world. I know, but uh, this is not like they don't like make it up. In other words, it's not like they have to bring it on. Just to, uh, this is how they really feel. They get crazy. No, it's it's so stupid. It's juvenile. <laughs> it's uh, you know, Karl Marx said that religion is the opioid opium of the people. A sport has replaced that pretty much. It has. It gives people, uh, you know, it fills a void in a lot of people's lives, and it's but it's completely useless and uh, trivial. It is. But but I, I, again, in this case, two great guys. We both like them very much. So does Lou, especially Doggy. Uh, two of the best in the industry, and here's how it starts. Once again, courtesy of First Take ESPN, Stephen A. Smith and Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Whether or not Steph Curry is one of the all-time t- uh, ten uh, greats, I've got three cuts here. Here's cut number one. Where are you putting him all the time, then? You're going to make him a top ten player? He's not a top ten player. Where are you, you know putting what? him all the time? I, I, you know what? i got to think about that. I think he could be. No, he's I not. He I think he could be. Are you kidding yes, me? I yes, I top do. Top ten? Yes, I do. That's how the thing starts, okay? A dog, a dog is already exercised, as you can tell. So here he gets Stephen A. Smith for about 20 seconds, Bernie, to actually agree with him. Here's cut number two. Magic or curry? Magic or curry? Well, it depends on what I need. Game on the line. Series on the line. Listen, Magic is the greatest point guard in the history of basketball. there you go. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter. Great shot. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter. We're not talking about shooting. What do I need? I'm talking about winning championships. Oh, my God. Game series on the line. You got a chance. Your life's on the line. You want Magic? You want Curry? Don't tell me, Curry. You know know you're wrong. I'm going with Magic. I'm going with Magic. You want Kareem or you want Curry? Kareem, of course. You know, uh, the idiocy of the conversation aside, I think Stephen A. actually met his match. Oh, he Chris met his match. Chris is kicking his ass. And yeah. this is the third and final piece. Chris brings up 11-time Bernie world champion, Boston Celtic great Bill Russell. And all hell breaks loose. You want Russell or you want Curry? Oh, come on. He won 11 championships in 13 so, years. That's the point. Oh, wait a minute. minute. He's never averaged more than 18 and a half points in his career. He was a big time rebounder. Hold on. He was a big, listen, listen, listen. Bill Russell never averaged more than 18 and a half points per game in his career, but he was an elite rebounder and defender. My argument to you is if you give me all the offense in the world, why am I worried about defense? I'm not worried about defense. So guess what? I'm not, I might not do that. If you're going to ask the question that way, what do I need? That's why I'm asking you. He sounded just like Eddie Murphy in the barbershop and coming to America. Every time, Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano. Every time a white man brings up boxing, Rocky Marciano. But he was laughing at the beginning. Uh, uh, he, he, uh, he knows um, uh, Russo is very, very entertaining and funny. And, and uh, listen, 
it's a performance. I, I know uh, Russo is is uh, uh, you know definitely passionate about it. Yeah, but he's smart enough to know it's a performance. Oh, listen, he's performing listen, on TV. Listen, Stephen. <laughs> Karl Marx said Larry Bird. Larry Bird is the opium of the people. <laughs> Bernard McGurk and Karl Marx said that. <laughs> oh, you don't even know this, uh, Bernie. I didn't play this for you. But when Russo was on last week, uh, Lopez actually jumped into the studio and hopped on with, with uh, Chris because they worked together at CBS and Joel Hollander. But Chris, this is true now. You should get the audio. You remember this, Justin. He spent the first two minutes asking about you. And then when he was done asking about you, he said, I don't know if you know this, Sydney, but uh, it was Bernie McGurk who actually was the one who played my tapes for the powers that be at WFAN. So for what it's worth, he gives Mike Rancesa credit and Don Imus and Chernoff and a host of others. He said you were the guy that got him started in New York. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's not only true, and I appreciate him uh, you know, recalling it and relaying it to the people. He wrote that in his book. He, he, he has a book. He, he wrote a book about 10 years I ago. I remember him and Alan St. John, yes. And he put that uh, in, in the uh, first chapter of his book. That's wow. how he got discovered. He credits me for that. And that is true. That's what happened back in the early days on uh, WFAN. Look at you. Uh, finally, one piece of political news. My friend Lynn Haunt, who checks in daily, she said that Ketanji Brown-Jackson Jackson is related to Paul Ryan somehow by marriage. yes. Is that I heard, right? I heard that as well. I mean, I don't know how, how the veracity of it. I couldn't tell you, but I did hear that also. And what, I have no reason to doubt it. What, what, you know, right. it's, it's very possible. So, well, he's, he's out there vouching for her, but the question becomes, and he was a Republican, Wisconsin, Speaker, the House, all that stuff. Do you want Paul Ryan vouching for you? Well, he, he's not a factor anymore. He, he's actually uh, in Fox News management. He's on the board of Fox News, something like that. Is that right? Oh, yeah, he's done with politics. No, I know he's, that, but he's actually working for Fox News? He works for Fox News, yeah. But he's not on TV. He's just behind the scenes. Exactly. Wow. And some people that. say that's why Fox, uh, a lot of times, is fake news, because he is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's the consummate rhino. He's a consummate right. uh, non-fighter. Right. Uh, you know, compromise with the uh, woke tards and all that type of thing. Some people attribute that to his, uh, you know, direction. I don't know. Uh, I don't disagree. Poor Trump. He had a deal with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, two backstabbing bastards. Anyway, Lydia reports and Bill O'Reilly coming up next hour. It's been an amazing show, and the good news is we're only halfway through. More of Bernie and Sid right after this. Hello, I'm Giuseppe. I got something special for you. Ready? Uno, two, three, quattro. When I was a boy, just about the eighth grade, Mama used to say, don't stay Well, he used to love this song, Lou. Hey, Why did you play this? Because you don't believe I went to Italy. That's why. That kind of put it in my head, yeah. I can tell you I've got a friend in Florida who I no longer speak to, but his wife, Lisa, there's always a story. That's radio. His wife, Lisa, is Danielle's best friend. And uh, the four of us, me, Danielle, Lisa, and Chris, when she was a Genski, that was her last name, G-E-N-S-K-E, became best friends because our daughters became friends as one-year-olds, Ava and Katie. To this day, we're still very close. I don't talk to Chris anymore because he had a torrid affair and left his wife. So he's married somebody else, but Lisa and Danielle are still close. Uh, so I date this back to about 12 or 13 years ago when we were still very close with Chris and Lisa. Chris's parents... 
own a villa. And this is how you know I've been to Italy, because you wouldn't even know the name of this city, Louis. Uh, a villa in a place called Itri. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, senor. I'm not here. I'm not here. $75 million villa at the top of a mountain, which is the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen, about 40 minutes from Rome. And um, we, we took the trip and went into Rome for the day. We did the whole thing. We went to um, my favorite place in Italy is actually Capri, and we spent two days there. So I was there, and um, I remember that maybe the first or second night we went to an Italian restaurant down in uh, Itri, a local one. Maybe it was Rome. I forget. But um, I ordered a veal parmesan. <laughs> Lou, your response is perfect because the waiter looked at me and laughed just like that and said, and I quote, you must be from America. Senor. No, said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Senor, no, no, no. You walk into some places, though, and they will bring food for you. They don't even need. Capri does that. Yeah, they'll just say, yeah. Senor, the, the, the salad? Yeah. Salad start. Yeah. Start, start, salad. That's what you want. That's now I good. come in. I, uh, now you finish that, uh, Senor. Salt and bolka, salt and bolka. A little bit of spread. I do great for you. Yeah. It's really good. I must say, you know, in Italy, you know, their women are fluid dangerous than guns. More dangerous, much more dangerous. There were some beautiful women. That's a great, great job there. So, to your point, I have a buddy named Steve Moderano. And he owns a really, really popular restaurant in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Marano! Right off of Oakland Park Boulevard. He used to own two. He had one in uh, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. And he also had one at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas. But the one in Fort Lauderdale remains ultra popular to this day. You walk in, he's got the speakers on loud, playing Goodfellas, Godfather, plays some music, people dance all ah, night. Ah, you feel good today! Yes! Ah. And he's one of those guys. You walk in, he calls you cuz. Everybody is cuz. I got a friend in uh, the King of Williamsburg, my dear friend Joe Nunziata. He does the same thing. Everybody is cuz, C-U-Z, you know. And I walk in and go, hey, cuz, I got you. Like the Italy restaurant. So I'll take care of you. Okay, great. It's all good, my all friend. All good. My friend. Right. He brings out meatballs. He makes the best Philly cheesesteak you've ever had. We have this unbelievable dinner, and the bill comes. It's like $1,000. For me and Daniel, I go, Stevie, what do you mean cuz? I don't want to be related to you. My I don't want to. Yeah. So I'll tell you a funny story. Where are the shekels, my friend? <laughs> what are you doing to me? Years ago, when I was down in Miami, the uh, you know that show Hard Knocks that HBO does? Great show. Great oh, show. Good show. Right, they follow around a certain football team and blah, blah, blah. So they did on the Dolphins. I'm living in Miami, and, the H- and I was on HBO quite a bit covering Mike Tyson fights, blah, blah, blah. So the whole cast comes down, 12 of them, to do the Hard Knocks show, and they go, Sid, you're a star here in Miami. Where should we eat tonight? He said, all right, I got the perfect place for you, Moderano's in Fort Lauderdale. You'll love it. It's the best. The guy's great. You know, it's a little pricey. A little pricey. <laughs> That's okay, senor. Not for you, it's okay. <laughs> so they go, we can deal with a little pricey. Okay. Sit down. We have this great dinner. And my friend Tracy, I'll never forget in the dinner, I go, how was that? She goes, I have to tell you, that was one of the best Restaurants, I loved it. It was great. Five minutes later, the bill comes. And I was told by the brass at HBO. Should we try to guess what the bill? 
Take a guess. All right, your thing was a thousand. You yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, so how many four people? Four people. This is twelve. This is. I'm going to say eighty-five hundred. I was close. I mean, it's over like three thousand oh, dollars. Know, okay. Four thousand. They didn't drink. Okay. Oh, they didn't. That's okay. But you can't spend. You can't spend four thousand dollars for dinner. So, long story short, HBO <laughs> said to me uh, that night, uh, "Please well, do can't. us a favor." <laughs> right. Uh, you're right. Don't ever, ever recommend a place again. Thank you very much. The food was good. Well, so to, that's your. But you're right. The Italian guys. Are, don't worry, no, we got you. Good. We it's got you. Good. It's all good. You want more? Better? You want another bottle? I think <laughs> you got another. You're, you're done already. It's all good. It's all good. And I they mean, don't bother you. They keep bringing the they bringing the bring wine, it. right? And it's midnight, and you're still drinking. Well, of course, place, but I, they don't open till eight. I've been there many times in that spot. So I've been to Rayo's like four or five times with Bo Deedle. I'm afraid to see the check. I don't even want to see it. And the one thing about Bo is he's super, super generous. Anytime me and Danielle offer to give him money, he never takes it. But, you know, he's got 10 people there every Thursday night. But the last time I, I went to, to a Rayo's with Bo, I called him. I said, boy, you got to do me a favor. You have to add one more person to the table. <laughs> he said, who is this? It's a true story. I said, well, I was just on her show last week. She's dying to meet you. She's dying to come on the show. Can you have Wendy Williams dine with us tonight? He said, yeah, why not? She's famous. Wendy Williams, she's on TV. Seems like a nice girl. Bring her in. Bring her in. Bring her in. So long story short, I bring her in. Ends up getting in a fight at the table with my wife, Danielle. Literally a fight. How are you doing? Yeah. Wasn't doing so great. And uh, that bill that night must have been a billion dollars. Uh, Media, everything all right? Everything good? Okay. So uh, Bernie will be back next segment. Bernie is actually doing a Zoom call right now with his doctor. But uh, that was a nice opportunity for uh, Lewis to do his, his Italian accent. You are Italian. Your name is Rufino. You're a real Italian. That's what I've been told. You're not like a fit, but you don't look Italian. Yeah, because I'm not full Italian. What are you? Half what? Irish. You look more Irish than Italian. I've been told that. I mean, that's not, that, that's not a knock. Like, you look like you're mad at me. of the people that have met me. Yes, I know. I know. Well, you look like you're mad at me. No, I'm not mad at you. Okay. No, I look like this all the time. <laughs> Senor, you just eat. I don't worry how I look. You would eat, I bring you bill, I bring you the wine, and yeah. that's it. That's all I did is do it. Somebody the other day said to my daughter, Ava, they said, you know, Ava, you look a lot like your father. I have to tell you, she was so angry. <laughs> and I go, Ava, what is wrong with that? I'm a great-looking guy. She said, Dad, that's the problem. You're a great-looking guy. I'm a girl. I want to look like Mommy. Everybody always says, Gabriel looks just like Mommy, and he's gorgeous. I said, Ava, trust me. You look like Mommy. Just trust me, okay? You got maybe one feature of mine. It's no big deal. But talking about whether you look Irish or Italian, Corey Zelnick checks in, Jewish, by the way. He says, uh, Lou is legendary. I can't wait to meet him. He's one of my dearest and best friends. Comes on the show all the time with me and Bernie, local real estate guy, and is a super great guy, so he can't wait to meet you. Uh, Joe Biden did speak yesterday. Oh, shut these uh, these uh, shades here, will you? Justin, while you're sitting there with your finger up your ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, you. you can put it up since if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been relegated to, to uh, blind control now. That's, that's, your, uh, that's, that's your second nimest moment of the day there. <laughs> <laughs> and the, guy, the guy forgets so quickly that I'm his boss now. Oh, you're my boss. Control. That's right. You're right. You he's unhinged. He's unhinged. You actually have ten fingers, too. You can leave one and do the other. That'd be nice. That's By the way, how many bosses do I have now? I've got you. I've got Matt Meany, Chad Lopez, Don Katz, and Matides. How many bosses do I have? You want the real answer? One. One. Who's and that? she's got a vagina. My name is Danielle. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> so, glad I'm, so glad I'm back. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm still experiencing this State of the Union uh, hangover. From last night, uh, last night, two nights ago it was. And yesterday we're still uh, talking about it. Today we're still talking about it, obviously. So Joe Biden 
was in the great state of Wisconsin. You know what? Well, that reminds me of a story about me. <laughs> Jesus, you're like you've got the attention span of like a fourth grader. This is a gerbil. You're out of control. Yeah. A fourth grader generous, Justin. Yeah, you know? right. Wait, it's a good. So, <laughs> so years ago, when I started this business. My very first opportunity, I was doing a, a uh, syndicated show, like Lou did for many years with Imus, with a guy named Scott Kaplan. And we were on about 80 networks, not 150 like Don. Uh, we were on some pretty cool towns, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles. And we were syndicated back then by two different networks. We started with Sports Fan Radio Network. You may remember back then, Lou, they had people like uh, the fabulous Sports Babe. I don't know if you remember her. Uh, Nancy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, JT the Brick. Then Joel Hollander. Actually syndicated me and Scott. Love you, bro. There you go. Perfect. That's him. And he um, he had us on Lacrosse, Wisconsin. And we started this thing called the Party with the People Tour, where all the cities that me and Scott were on, we would arrive for three days, three days, stay in the nicest hotel, which in Lacrosse, Wisconsin is not as nice as the Pennsylvania Hotel here in New York. And then we do live shows from like the most popular bar or restaurant in town. So we did three shows around a Packer Viking Monday night game during Oktoberfest in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And of all the cities we did, from Las Vegas to Clarksville, Tennessee, to Los Angeles, California, that was the most fun we had on that party with the people to La Crosse, Wisconsin. I don't think Joe Biden was at Oktoberfest drinking beers and watching Brett Favre and the Packers take on Randy Moss and the Vikings yesterday. But he was still talking about, obviously, his speech from two nights before and what's going on in the world today. And this, I believe, is his dumbest and most ignorant comment of all. For some reason, he brings up January 6th in trying to make an analogy with what Putin is doing in Ukraine. Here's President Biden. Lewis, this is cut one. Vladimir Putin was counting on being able to <clears throat> split up the United States. Look, how would you feel if you saw crowds storm and break down the doors of the British Parliament. Kill five cops. Kill five cops. Injure 145. What are you talking about? Or the German Bundestag. Or the Italian Parliament. I think you'd wonder. Kill five cops. I mean... Mikey's lost. He didn't... No no cops died. One cop died. God rest his soul, Brian Sicknick, and he died of natural causes. The news led you to believe he was smashed over the head with a fire extinguisher. That never happened. One cop died, died of natural causes. It's one thing when you get these morons on Twitter who attack me all the time, at Sid Rosenberg, all the time. And you know that Facebook page, Justin, that Keith Smolin puts up. Have you ever read that page? No, I don't subject myself to that kind of... Well, you of, should. Um... Well, they, they love Bernie, they hate me. Yeah, and they, they just And they just attack They're Just like me. us. Same thing. Oh, same thing. You're right. Same dynamic loop. Thanks. It's a never ever and never ending rabbit hole. I guess it must be the way it is. But but to to actually these people yell at me on Twitter. They go, "Oh, there's that guy again. He doesn't care about the five cops that died." And I go, "Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not one, not one died, not one." And here's Joe Biden, the president. That's a bad lie, because if five cops actually died that day. I will guarantee you that me and Bernie would be pissed off. But I'm going to make the same comment I've made a thousand times, and I made the same in my upcoming book. On any given night in the summer of 2019 or 2020, on any given night in any one of these rallies and cities that BLM decided to come upon, 
I don't care if it was Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta, New York. There was more violence. But I'm, I'm talking about cops being treated badly from things being thrown at them, spit on. I mean, the way they treated cops was beyond disgusting. People in the streets that were dining outside getting their asses kicked. The amount of vandalism. You want to talk about insurgency. We've used that word here. I know Bernie actually yelled at them a couple of times. It wasn't an insurrection. What happened in those cities, burning down police departments, for example, in Minnesota, that's an insurrection. And that was on any given night in any one of these BLM-led cities, BLM-led cities across America. That was not the case January 6th. The fact that we're still talking about that day is, is beyond unimaginable. Beyond that. We're still talking about that day. But we should have mentioned yesterday Joe Biden was not this fictitious, fictitious story about five cops dying when none died. There's a guy, you folks probably don't know this. There was a guy that was arrested there that day. This guy, college graduate, great American. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't break anything. He showed up. And, yes, he entered the Capitol when he shouldn't have. And you know what? should pay a ticket. Maybe do a day in jail. Facing a 71-month prison stay. Six years. Six years. He's a good guy, by all accounts. You know what he did last weekend? He killed himself. He killed himself. He's dead. He's dead. Whoopi Goldberg mentioned him yesterday while she was bitching about Lauren Boebert, who had the nerve to be upset about 13 dead soldiers in Afghanistan. Whoopi, you moron. She didn't mention this guy. Joy Behar? Joe Biden? Anybody mention this poor bastard? He's dead. He's dead. Five cops died. I'll give a story about myself. I, uh, we'll take a break. No, I'm All right, it is uh, 823 on your Thursday morning. Bill O'Reilly, of course, is coming up next. That is the highlight of the week. But we put this time aside every morning for the very talented Lydia Serrani. This, Lou Rufino, is Lydia Reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Keep on smiling what we go through. One stop to the rhythm of the vibe you. You go. Like the chorus of the verse, chopping up a line at the cutter with the curse. Coming like a freak show takes the stage. We give him a place to say, she said, I want something wow. to get me through this semi chime kind of life. That's impressive. Baby. That 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 is oh my god, I love that band. That's that like I've great. seen them in concert. I love it. Oh, third eye blind. They're the best. They are You know great. the lead singer used to go with, out with a short on? That is true, yes. Before she played that role in the movie Monster. That is true, yes. See you're all over so, this stuff. See, you, so, see, see Lydia, well, you're on with John Katzmatidis every day. You do a great job. I want to say that. You're on with me and Bernie every weekday. You do a great job. You're all caught up in Ukraine and Russia and Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul and criminal bail reform. But there's a huge part of Lydia uh, Serrani who all she really wants to do is talk sex and music. <laughs> 
Which more than the other? Sex. <laughs> There's always one over the yeah. other. I mean, she won't admit that, but of course, it's just you could just feel it when she comes yeah. back singing that song. But I know you've got important stuff to get to. But you bring out you bring out the fun side because yes, there is other sides to our personality. We're not just like ranting and raving all the time, right. and you do have to have a little fun, right? When uh, you do 100%. have to have, we're entertaining and informative. Well, I think that's that's uh, why this show specifically. Uh, you, your show is great too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, in the morning at least. That's why we are successful, because we do bring you the nuts and bolts, very opinionated, very well-informed, no doubt about it, Bernie especially. But uh, all the lifestyle stuff, all the fun stuff is the difference between a 3.5 and a 5.8 uh, at the end of the day. So uh, that is – that's really – that's it's not rocket science. I misdid it. Stern did it. Millions of others. That's how you develop a, a loyal audience that can't wait to get up basically in the middle of the night to listen to what we have to say next, including what you're talking about right now. Yes, we're going to talk about Generation Z and their hairy armpits. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that you sent me that story yesterday. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because my, my, like Danielle will say, isn't this girl gorgeous? And I'll go, well, I don't want to tell you she's gorgeous. You're going to get mad at me. No, no, no. I go, yeah, she's gorgeous. And then she'll show me like, like a full armpit of hair. And it just completely turns me off. You can, uh, you, I mean, just, I, I, get, I, I can't do that. I, I draw the line there, Lydia. It's disgusting. Um, but yes, that was I sent you that story because I thought it was really funny that there's a new trend among 20-something-year-olds that they're just getting, just letting it all hang out, oh. all hairy, and it's disgusting. Gross. But the speaking of disgusting, the poop attacker, okay? I got an update for you. Okay. So, okay, he was, he was, they caught him, right? He had smeared feces all over a woman because he, he tried to pick her up on the train. He was like, hey, mommy, how you doing? You know, and she was like, she ignored him. You oh, know, I like didn't we know always that. Do. Oh, I, I thought yes. he just kind of walked by and just no. threw it at her. Oh, I didn't know that. He was trying to pick so, her so, up. So he really sexually harassed her and and yes. committed that violent crime. Correct. That's right. why he also got charged with harassment. So when she turned him down, like we all do when we're on the train and the creepy guys come up to us, we just she just ignored him. He went back into a train that was just sitting there and waiting to go, took a poop in a bag. So it was fresh poop, fresh hot poop, and then came out and smeared it all over her, right? He has 44 arrests under his belt. He's only 33, 30 years old, excuse me, 30 years old with 44 arrests. He appears before this judge, Judge Wandi Lasitra in the Bronx. She ROR'd him. She released him on his own recognizance. She released him, right? Unbelievable. Yep. And how Unbelievable. many priors okay, again? So how many priors again? 40, 44. 44. So thank God there was Brooklyn cops there, like we talked about. They picked him up. They arrested him for a hate crime. He attacked a Jewish guy in Crown Heights that was wearing the Hasidic garb. He spit on him. He spit on the Hasidic, said all these nasty things. Guess what that Brooklyn judge did? Uh, I'm going to say he just threw it out. He just threw it out. He let him out. Unbelievable. So I talked to a friend of mine who is a lawyer, too, and some Jeez. people were like, well, the judge, she had the Bronx judge. She had no choice. Uh, you know, it's not bail eligible. But he was saying he goes, listen, first of all, if you threw acid on somebody, wouldn't that be considered a lethal substance? Well, yeah, Why that, isn't well, the feces well, considered lethal? Why? Because it could be contaminated with a virus it, or a it, bacteria. It, it, God only knows what. It could be, but it wasn't. And the first person's point is right. Something that me and Bernie talk about all the time, which is. Once you take the discretion part away from the judge, even though some of these judges are painfully liberal and real lowlifes, they really are, then you've given that person no choice. So I understand what the lawyer said to you. I get it. And I'm married to a lawyer. I get all that. But the truth be told, the first person is right. You cannot, you cannot take discretion away because then something like this, the judge has no choice. That's the problem. That's but she problem. could have also 
She could have also held him in contempt because when he came in, he was yelling and belligerent at her. And when the cops let him out, by the way, the Brooklyn cops, he said, S happens. Well, yes, hey, it was he an did. SC day. He, yeah, he you know, did. he's like laughing about it. I know. But but wouldn't it be easier? I know we have these discussions all the time. If, yes. if they just changed the legislation, allowed the judge to use his or her best interest, best discretion. And by the way, Lydia, they're still going to let these animals out because, again, these and a lot of Jews, my home people are judges. They're the worst. They let these people out no matter what. But we must change the laws to allow these people to at least give their give give these give it their opinion give it a shot no well this judge she was appointed by de blasio she's a little bit of a nutbag judge wandy lacitra <laughs> she she could have done something she should have tried to hold him in contempt it could have possibly been overturned on appeal don't get me wrong but at least keep this guy he and so by the way the head of the mta he also put out a statement condemning this saying that it was absolutely ridiculous so jano lieber he said i'm not a criminal justice expert but i don't understand how someone who commits this kind of assault which was violent horribly victimizing can just walk free even yeah. when he has four other open cases against him and including two other transit assaults and a hate crime charge Jeez. it defies common sense you know one of the guys that's on that show that you do a great job with every afternoon at five with john katsimatidis a guy that i really like is judge weinberg even though he yelled at my wife danielle time and time again <laughs> that's a true story she was a, a she was a legal aid attorney she was new in the field and uh, beyond adorable but he would always yell at her but uh now of course he's here and he does that great show with peter king on abc on uh, sunday mornings and on the them side on Saturdays. This is right up his alley, I think. I mean, does he does he talk yes. about these things? And yes, yes, he's the one. He's the judge. He's the first judge. He's the one who said that. You know, the judge, and he also said that. First of all, he's a Democrat, and he said if it was him, he would have held the suspect in contempt. He did say but that. He also he did say That's that. That's a but big deal. He because he but he was a good judge. He was a tough judge. So he said yes. The judge, if the guy came in belligerent and yelling, he would have immediately held him in contempt thirty days. That's it. He, he would have done that 100%. Hmm. But he did also say that the judge, Lasitra, probably let him go because of the hate crime charge to avoid all the paperwork and stuff. But I said it. I said, no, no, no. I think she would have him, release him regardless, uh, even if there wasn't a hate crime charge. Because like you said, she's going by the letter of the law right. with the bail law. Right. And, and that again, wasn't eligible. Right. And I did say it. But, uh, you know, in all fairness, not only do I say it every day, but so does Bernard uh, really stuck on that. I mean, I remember... Yelling and screaming, you know, hey, the, the mayor in London's come around now. She wants more cops. And the governor of North Carolina's come around. And it's not a matter of cops. You could have a billion cops. What good is it if cops arrest somebody and then these DAs and these judges just let them go? It, the, the issue is not the amount of cops we've got. It's legislation. It's these DAs. It's these judges, specifically in this case. And I know, Bernie, you're back now. I know you agree with that. No doubt about it. You're absolutely right. That's the uh, It's the laws. And the uh, lenient DAs and the judges, the cops are handcuffed, essentially. They don't even want to make the arrest because they know these people are going to be back out on the street uh, because of the uh, laws, the policies, and these lenient, uh, these public officials, judges, and the DAs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you're talking about the poop guy, Lydia. I don't know if uh, you guys brought this up. I mentioned it earlier. There's a joke going around. The poop guy who shoved that uh, feces in the woman's face He's the consummate Democrat. They keep shoving crap in our faces that we don't want. That's such a good line. Man, like that. Well, line. Bernie, what we were talking about was that they, he, you know how he got arrested for a hate crime? He appeared before a Brooklyn judge. She yeah. let him go. 
They let oh, him go. Oh, I know. He's, yes, yes. I know. It's out. gross. And so I sent it to Dove Hikens, by the way, the story, because oh, I wanted good. to get him fired up. Yeah. And he wrote, disgusting. The city has gone mad. <laughs> I mean, how are you charged with the hate crime? How do you have four open cases against you? How do you have 44 charges already? I mean, and, and you're allowed to just walk around. And he doesn't even have a home. He doesn't even have a home. He lives in a homeless shelter. So it's not hey, like they listen, can even check up on him. 44 priors. He needs to be either. Uh, he needs to be euthanized. He needs to be ex- Executed. I agree. Uh, there needs to be a law that says <laughs> every, executed. Th- I do. Come on, it's Lent. Pri- <laughs> look, it, look, look uh, thirty strikes and you're executed. Yeah. How about that? I agree. <laughs> Ten strikes and you do life. Right. How about and, that? and by the way, and, and thirty, none of them have to be violent because at that point, at thirty, it's become evidently clear that you've got zero respect for uh, authority, for civilization, for any of that. So even though not violent crimes, at thirty, you got to go. Uh, it's enough. Thank you. See nobody, nobody can rehabilitate. No, you're, you're, you're done. done. Right. Yep. And you know what? Me can and Bernie we, will be happy to go to the funeral. How about we just give him poop to eat? Can we just give him poop to eat? Oh, well, listen, I always say that eye for an eye. It sounds barbaric, but I really believe in some of these cases we should do to them what they've done to others. But listen, for now at least, next time Eric Adams goes up to uh, goes up to Albany. Eric, I know you're listening. Don't be a pussy, okay? Knock down the door. <laughs> go in there. Yell at Carl Heasty. Yell at Andrea Stewart Cousins. Yell at all these people. He needs and- to bitch slap Carl Heasty. How about that? Fine. Do right. something. Do the, the bitch slap right. don't, That's, don't that's come, what we need to don't do. Come He's back from Brooklyn. With- Right. Do don't, it. Don't come back with your tail between your legs and then expect us to go, oh, but he went there. Who cares if he goes there? He didn't get anything done. They and shut the need, door in his face. He needs to do it when, on all these uh, TV programs that he goes on. Right. The, you know, the media darling that he is. He needs to call them out by name with sincere anger and passion to let the, let the people know, let them know that they have blood on their hands. Correct. That's what he needs to do. Oh, Lydia, this was an We're amazing We're going to hear report. about this suspect again when he kills somebody, when he shoves a right. woman on the tracks, right. and then it's right. too late. Too late. And then yeah. blood will truly be on his hands and not just the poop. All right, Lydia, listen, is. that is a great report from sex to music to hairy underarms so, to uh, poop in the face. we need some music, Lou. We need some music. I want to have music each and every time you guys come into me and going out. We can play a little Third Eye Blind. I know, like, every song there is, <laughs> except for, like, the 70s. Okay, I'm, duly noted. I'm, we got I'm, it. I love got music. It. I got it. Thank you, Lydia. What you got for us? Lydia's Five great. o'clock, John Katz, Matidis. What's today? Today is Thursday. I'd never know who we're going to have because he just has the biggest newsmakers from around the world. We separate the fact from the fiction. As John always says, his iconic phrase, what's really going on? <laughs> so you're going to find out what's really going on. Five o'clock, Katz at night, John Katz. Well, I know who we have say. coming up. We have Bill O'Reilly coming up after you, oh, Lydia Serrani. Bill, Bill also- O'Reilly had dinner last night with uh, John, so... Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. Thank you so much, Lydia. The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. No space to rent. Yeah.
Come on, let's get to it, Bono. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. It is a beautiful day, ladies and gentlemen, but there's a lot of ugliness out there, and we're covering that today. Listen, every Thursday morning at 840, here's our number one guest, Bill O'Reilly. You go to BillOReilly.com, you got a TV show, you got articles, you got all kinds of insight. It is terrific. He can be heard on WABC Radio at 725 at noon at 9 o'clock at night. Bill O'Reilly has a brand-new book out called Killing the Killers. It is fascinating, folks. I'm halfway through it. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning to you, Bill O'Reilly. May 3rd on the book, uh, McGurk. You got it first, okay? I sent it to you, but May 3rd, but you can pre-order on BillOReilly.com, Amazon, all the others. Thank you for mentioning it. Absolutely. Nice. And uh, speaking of writing, Bill, you uh, you outdo yourself weekly. On a daily basis, I would say, you have this great column out. It's called Putin's Biden His Time, B-I-D-E-N, Putin's Biden His Time. And it is terrific. A lot of insight, a lot of stuff in it. Can you uh, break it down for our listeners right now? Sure. And, you know, every day uh, we have a uh, new scenario. But I think that Putin thinks he's the smartest kid in the class. All right. That's where you start. And he thinks that Biden is in the dumb row. I was actually in the dumb row in St. Bridget's School (laughs) in Westbury, Long Island. (laughs) I doubt that. And my self-esteem was destroyed by the nuns. No, it's true. Oh, really? I was the captain of the dumb row, and I was I was pleased to be there because all my friends were there. So he was all mm-hmm. together in the dumb row. So Putin, um, he thinks that he's the smartest guy and that Biden isn't. Let's just be polite and, and do that. And then so he, he launches this thing, which I never thought he would do, and we discussed that last week, because it's going to hurt Putin. And every day that uh, Ukraine unfolds, every day we see what a big – massive loss this is for Vladimir Putin himself. So last night on the No Spin News, I ran down about as many assets as we could find. He's the richest man in the world. Is that true? The richest man in the world. $600 right? Wow. He's got a beach house on the Black Sea that costs $1 billion to build. Wow. It has a hockey rink in it. (laughs) Okay, so he's got billions of dollars stashed in Switzerland and Monaco. You names got stashed there under uh, his family's names, under uh, corporations, whatever. So you would think that the guy would say, you know, if I invade Ukraine and kill children and women, and that video goes all over the world. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back from that. You know? Mm, so sure. now, and, and, you know, so he knew that Biden couldn't stop him. He didn't think that NATO would rise, by the way. That was a miscalculation on Putin's part. He thought NATO, Germany would wimp out, Italy would wimp out. Uh, but they haven't so far. And so that was a miscalculation. But for Putin himself, he's Saddam now. That's who he is. So he can't go anywhere. He can't spend all the money he stole. And it's not like Putin made the money legitimately. He's paid about 175000 to be the president of uh, Russia. 
and he the rest of the money was gotten by kickbacks from the oil energy industries everything that uh anybody does in Russia you got to kick back to Putin to be able to do it so i mean he makes uh the mafia killing the mob hmm. he makes them look like boy scouts yeah, right i mean this guy's got you know his tentacles everywhere and if you don't pay him you don't do business so that's how he amassed his fortune so my point is that now Putin can't spend the money he can't go anywhere even if he pulled back today he wouldn't be accepted anywhere i guess he could go to beijing and hang yes he can i don't know if there's a club med there i don't know what <laughs> you do you look at the great wall you look at the uh, tiananmen square where the chinese communists ran over people with tanks i mean but how how much can you do right <laughs> right so the ruble is worth nothing so his salary now is not worth anything the Russian stock market for four days has been closed because they know that everybody will sell all their Russian stocks. And and then you look back and you go, who's I, Biden may not be the sharpest tack, but who's dumber? Well, I mean, <laughs> or who's more principled? Well, I mean, maybe he knew he would sacrifice all this. And right. He's so crazy. He's so worried about his legacy. And he's so passionate about expanding Russia into the old uh, empire that he went ahead and did it anyway. And by the way, just for me... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait. McGurk, are you, is that your analysis? Yes. He's passionate it's, it's, and he did it anyway. It, 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 he, it, he doesn't care about all his other... He was, he was, living, like, he was living like Hugh Hefner, and he knew that, that he wouldn't be able to after this violent, vicious incursion into Ukraine. You have to think that's a possibility. I would. No, anyway. it's not. What does he get? You know, you know when you are a, an evil person... Um, and there's so many evil people. Oh, my God. My, my list is so long. But if you're an evil person and you do bad things to a, to enhance yourself, which is what this is for Putin. It's all about Putin. It's not about the people in Russia or anything like because they're going to suffer. So you say to yourself, well, what do I get? I get Ukraine where they hate me and always will hate me, and it doesn't really matter because I got NATO countries on my border anyway. I got Poland and the Baltic states. And, and you know, what, this is absurd. So the only thing that I can think of is that the guy has totally lost it, lives in a delusional world. Hello, Joe Biden. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you mentioned Biden. Look, you're right. It was, a, it was a great column, too. And I did learn a lot of stuff about Putin, which I did not know reading your column, Bill. But I got to tell you, my, my reaction to Biden is more visceral. I know the animal and the murderer that Vladimir Putin is. I get it. But to watch this son of a bitch, and I'm sorry to use that, uh, talking about such a, a high office like the presidency, stand there a couple of nights ago and talk about America first, or how he's securing the border, or how he solved the COVID-19 problem, or his all of a sudden his brand new love for the cops. That made me equally as nauseous as anything Vladimir Putin's done the last couple of days. How about well, that? Well, I understand. Um, but if you step back, you know, killing women and children with cluster bombs is worse than Biden being an unbelievable hypocrite. Right. True. Okay. True. true. So, you know, you always have to perspective these kinds of things. Joe Biden is a man who stands for nothing. I said that very, very early. He stands for nothing. And that's what people need to understand about Joe Biden. So we elected a president of the United States who has absolutely no core beliefs at all. 
And how could you? He has changed every single position that he has ever held in his entire life. So he's just one of these guys um, who just says, well, whatever is good for me at the time is what I'm going to say and do. So I was I, I understand how ridiculous the whole thing was at the State of the Union. It was absurd. I mean, here's a guy who doesn't even explain to the American public why he's still buying oil from Putin. <laughs> right. I had to do it. Right. You didn't get it on any of the networks no. or on any of the cables. I had to do it. And like you said, that's part of the reason why Putin is able to do what he's doing today. It's a major part of the reason. Right. So what happened, So for people who don't watch the No Spin News, and shame on you, on BillOReilly.com every night, what happened was the United States signed contracts with Russia because they needed 7% more oil. That's how much oil we buy from Russia. When you sign a contract, you pay up front. And that, those contracts are signed a while back. I don't know whether it was signed under Trump or under Biden. I don't know. All right. And then they put the oil on the tanker, and the tanker floats into the United States and unloads the oil. That's how it works. So the oil being delivered now is paid for a long time ago. So I had to explain that because this is a big story, and I get you know 100 letters a day going, why are we buying oil? And I did last night. But you would think that he would do that, okay? Instead yeah. of all, uh, you know, when you, when you look at him, and he, believe me, he has no input into these speeches at all. None. He's the only president in my lifetime who didn't even edit. Doesn't even edit the speeches. All he does is rehearse so he doesn't stumble and bumble through them. Okay, so they hand him the sheet, and he reads whatever's on the sheet. Totally believable, Bill. And one of the points as we slowly run out, quickly run out of time here in in your column, uh, is entitled Putin's Biden is time, is that the criticism of Joe Biden at this time is undermining the American effort to to, uh, navigate, as news they put it, through this uh, military conflict. So, they're saying, don't even criticize Joe Biden right now. You're not that unpatriotic right now. And you and you responded to that. Yeah, I mean, the left doesn't want to uh, know the truth about Joe Biden or see it put out there. Newsday, my newspaper on Long Island, <clears throat> and McGurk's newspaper, too. Newsday is a left-wing newspaper. Now, they're not crazy, insane left like the New York Times. But they never have any solutions to anything on their editorial page. I don't know what these people get paid for. I don't know what they're doing. I'm looking at it. They, they, Newsday editorials like says stuff like, big snowstorms are bad. Thanks. Like Kamala Harris said two days ago, what Russia's doing is very bad. Yes, it's very, very bad. <laughs> thanks for reading the editorial. Yeah. Oh. So um, they basically say, at the water's edge, we have to stop. And everybody rally behind uh, Biden. And I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. If this happened, maybe it's because of weak American leadership and we want to spotlight that. So the next time in November, we don't vote for weak leaders. Hello. Can you hear me, Newsday? Yeah. Oh, boy. Maybe Neil you Best know, will hear you. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and people just people ideologues will never be reasonable on anything and that's why i like talking to you guys because 
you guys are so shallow, you don't have any ideology. That's true. You're just That's, all over the place. Know, exactly yeah. true. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're just, <laughs> no, you're 100% right. We're, we're just working at 10 o'clock. Right. That's we, we, we got to get paid. As long as the games are played, Sid's happy. And as long as you get a burger or two, you're happy. Right. I, there I, you I go. I like you guys. Oh, by the way, there's no games being played. I mean, I know you've got those beautiful Met season tickets. I go with you every now and then. Thank you for that, by the way, Bill. But are you almost at the point where you're going to give up your Met season tickets? No, I mean, it's the same old greed. Do you realize that you can hit 210 and drive in eight runs and get paid $750,000 a year? Well, that's like saying, well, you could be as as, uh, ignorant and and dumb as Joe Biden and still be the president. Or (laughs) you can know absolutely nothing and host a network news show. Right. (laughs) This is the greatest country in the world. It is. But I will hit 210. And it's true. Here's a quarter of a million dollars. I know. It's crazy. But uh, listen, we're not hitting 210. We're hitting 350 on this show. The ratings came back and oh, we I did. I saw them. You saw them. And let I me saw s- the ratings for Bernie and Sid. And, and Bill, this is, a, this is the truth. Not because we love you. We do love you. There's no question we're biased. We love you. But statistically, we rate every single segment all week long. And Bernie could attest to this. Your segment is far and away the biggest hit of the week. So we want to thank you oh, thank for helping you. make us number one. That is true. I know you're up against the clock, but the reason, <clears throat> and, and people don't understand how difficult it is in the, in the largest market in the world, not just the United States, to be the number one radio show in the morning. Because that's when all, all the heavy hitters and the money is made. But and, and this is why Bernie and Sid are number one in New York City. Are you ready? Yes. Hit us. Because you guys are authentic. You're the same off the air, tragically, as you are <laughs> on the air. That is true. That That's is true. why, and New Yorkers like authenticity. <laughs> tragically. You're not phony. You're not, well, I'm not even going to say what else. But you're, that's why. You're regular people who entertain New Yorkers who in this day and age desperately need to be entertained. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would that's say why this, you're number one. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> thank I said the same thing of, of, oh, of yourself. Of big, big bad Bill O'Reilly. Go to BillOReilly.com. Pre-order that book, Killing the Killers. It, it is terrific. Great appearance. Great insight. Thank you so much, Big Bill O'Reilly. All right, guys. Thanks for having me, as uh, always. We love you, Bill. Thank you so much. Tragically, that was that's beyond brilliant. I have to say, that is what makes Bill O'Reilly great. Mm-hmm. Right, Bern? Fourth and final hour of the number one show in New York, Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one.
Tony there? Is he there? I don't hear him. I'm here, bro. Oh, there he is. I couldn't hear you for a couple Oy. of seconds. I, mean, I was gyrating to the Prince song anyway. I'll make for a very cute Instagram piece later on today, I must say myself. But Well, that's usually how speaking works. If Bernie's not Ta-da. speaking, you won't be able to hear him. Ah, dude, just, I mean, you just... Well, I just got uh, aggravated about something. Before we get back to the meat of the day, Bernie, I got to tell you about it, so... I want to hear it. Not in my nature to be aggravated, but... Well, let's go. What, what, what is the... Well, you uh... know when you first walk into the into the building here, on the second floor of our beautiful building... And you walk into this little area. There's that uh, very attractive young lady who sits in the front there. She, uh, What is her name? I uh, really Sarah. don't know. Sarah? Sarah, that's right. So Sarah. <laughs> I've been here three days, by the way. Well, you're better than me. Uh, I don't know half the people here anyway. I don't, I don't know half my nieces and nephews' names. I've got to be honest with you. So, yeah, that's uh, a brag. Call me shocked. <laughs> so there's a big television right above her head. And I walk back and forth into that little vestibule where you first enter our station. And the bartender said it was there when I got in. Yes, it was a priest, a rabbi, and a Muslim. No, so the TV, I see Bill Hammer. I go, wait a second. You're walking into the studios of WABC Radio. You've got Bernie McGurk and Sid Rosenberg and this whole crew on television every day. Why wouldn't the television, when you enter the building, be on us? Why am I looking at Bill Hammer? And I got all crazy, which is not in my nature, of course. But now they're in there uh, changing it so that now, so if you're watching the TV, when you come here and have to wait for John Katsimatidis or Chad Lopez, you're going to watch Bernie and Sid and not Dana Perino. And that was, uh, while you're right, Sarah's got an absolute horror girl, so please don't freak out on her. She's no, it wasn't her fault. No. No, I, I didn't yell at her. You, are you sure about that? You no. yell a lot. You I yell don't at me and Justin. I, 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 I don't remember. Fine. How about this? All's yeah. well that ends well. I mean, do you agree, be... Bernie, that when you walk in, it should be on us? Uh, yeah, I would imagine uh, so. We are the, uh, you know, you showcase your uh, your biggest talent, right, in the morning. And, by the way, I guess throughout the day. You know, right, you all have, day. Uh, you right. Kill me on. You put, uh, you put uh, Rudy Giuliani. You put Greg Kelly on. Sure. You know, I, I feel, I, I, that. Now that you said that, I feel badly something else I don't know. Are we on all day? Is every show on? Uh, uh, I don't believe so. I don't know. You don't, no. uh, Luke. You don't think so? No. No, I believe it's uh, us, and then I believe we come back with the Greg Kelly show at one. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, if Mayor Giuliani or Bo Snerdly or John are on the, the stream, but I believe we come back at night as well. Oh, well, I especially think the end goal though is to, to put everybody on. Right. We we are working on it if it's not already happening. Right, well, special thanks to Eric Salas who works with Gabby Lopez in our department there. Or I guess it's a, what's it called? The graphics, the TV. Yeah, the video department. Works. Right. They have made the change. So now, if you walk into the company and you walk and wait there to come see somebody at WBC Radio, you're watching right now. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Thank you, Eric. All right. So. I'm glad you feel better. You want to feel even better? Yes. Well, of course, you know uh, that in New York, yesterday was the first day kids did not have to wear masks, with the exception, of course, of New York City because of Eric Adams for some stupid misogynistic reason. <laughs> he didn't want to follow uh, uh, Kathy Hopeless's edict, the diktat, if you will. And uh, so anyway, kids around the state were just ecstatic, and I always love listening to kids. And put a smile on your face, I believe. Listen to some of these kids on the first day of school without masks for, like, two years. Take a listen. 38, Lou. 
It's like the best day of my life. Let me see bigger smiles. I haven't seen my teacher at all this year, so I'm very excited to see her smile. We have a daughter in middle school, and we said, you choose. For the children not to see their friends' faces and the teachers' faces was difficult. It's hard for education, for communication, for just a general sense of well-being. Did that not make you happy, Sydney? Listen, that to those made kids. me so happy, and I can tell you just from personal experience, my son Gabriel, who has worn a mask to school every day, he's thirteen for two years. He gets to shed his mask on Monday, and he has not stopped telling me and Danielle about it all week long. He's so excited, and and from a educational standpoint, for some of the kids that don't hear well, because he goes to school with a bunch of kids who have very very serious disabilities. They need to read the teacher's lips sometimes to understand the curriculum, and they've not been able to do that. So above and beyond, hey, it's uncomfortable, it's unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. Believe it or not, kids, some kids can't learn because they can't see the teacher's lips. Right. Exactly right. And uh, so I'm relieved, too. I'm very happy as well. I know uh, if it was my kid, I would I'd be distraught. I would still be distraught over what they you know, fail to learn and the trauma that it was inflicted on them in the last two years. Uh, but that leads me to this. So this was a great uh, episode yesterday. Uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida said uh, he, he was speaking somewhere. And for some reason, some kids were behind him. You know, they were like props. You know, he was going to do a TV spot. And anyway, they're wearing masks. And Ron DeSantis is Florida. They don't have to. So he rolls up to them and he, he, he gives them a little instruction Listen to what happened. Ron DeSantis walking up to the kids behind him before he does a TV spot. They're wearing masks. Listen to this. Cut 34. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take care of <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. So that was just a beautiful moment. So good. He, he was exasperated. You heard him turn around. He breathed. But he got a lot of help for it. A lot of hell. Well, listen, that- but to my point earlier, I, I did say this when you brought this up about two hours ago. If the kids were really nervous, and that's why they were wearing, wearing the masks and not being told to wear the masks, they would have kept them on, even after what he said. Every single one of those kids took the mask off, making it very clear that DeSantis was right. Well, that is true. But then you had uh, one kid and his mother did a, a TV interview. They're trying to make uh, They're trying to make something out of this. Listen to this. This is cut 40. Uh, Louis, cut 40, play that. This is a kid that that was behind DeSantis, took his mask off, and he's there with his mom now. Take a listen to this. What was your reaction when you heard the governor tell you and your classmates, remove your masks? Um, a bit of surprise and shock, more of, okay, this authority, author, this authority figure is asking me to do something that I know is probably going to end up being controversial. So. I took mine off. Did you feel pressure by the governor to do that? Oh. Um, a little. Oh, it was more of a pressure of an adult figure asking me to do something, and it's just like, all right, why not? It's just shocking that the governor told these kids, take off your mask. Why? It, he pretty much said, take off your mask, it's stupid. And take off your mask, your parents don't matter. Even though I'm, I'm telling you, parents matter. And he's telling my minor child to take off his mask. Yes. All right, now I'm sick of listening to Because you're stupid. You're a and parent, t- but you're a stupid parent. And if you listen to what he said, you can keep him on if you want. Right. But I, I would say take him off. The fake news is leaving out the part where he says you could keep you him on leave it if on. you yeah. want. Who conducted that interview? I'm just curious. 
Uh, some local station down in Florida. By the I, way, I you are, uh, you're a guy that you and I have very private conversations, which I share on the air, which is really wrong. I know that, but I can't help myself. And we've had conversations that when it's all said and done and we get tired of being number one and collecting our big paycheck, paychecks and just want to spend the day having early dinners, playing shuffleboard, jumping in the pool and going to bed, you, uh, you talked an awful lot about Maine and New Hampshire and all these god-awful, freezing, snowy, Jack Nicholson-dying places and now all you talk about is Florida. That's it. That's right. Jupiter, Florida, Palm Beach. That's right. Is it the weather or is it Ron DeSantis? What has Bo- changed Bo- your mind? Both. It both. really is both, yeah. It is the fact that Florida is still the land of the free. It is a part of the, uh, the America that I aspire to have. Right. And that used to be, uh, and not, not so much here in New York and other places, the blue states, Ron DeSantis, a, a man with uh, a spine, backbone, yep. and he's, he's really... Uh, you know, all through the COVID, same thing with the kids. Uh, he put down these uh, edicts, these mandates. Kids don't have to wear masks. So I love Florida for for the reason of Ron DeSantis and the weather as well. I'm not going to live in a cold. Uh, no, no, no. See, when I, when, I, when I lived there, the governor was Rick Scott, who is now a uh, senator. And he was good. I mean, Rick, you know, he's a Republican. He's good, but not nearly the, the man in that position that DeSantis is, but still a Republican governor. So... They've enjoyed that down there for, for quite some time now. Yeah. Uh, so, right, exactly right. But uh, so I have uh, did a transformation. Yes, I used to be uh, Vermont, you know, which is like a socialist uh, Siberia, essentially. Right. That's Bernie Sanders. Town. And it's, 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 it's in the rearview mirror. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not even entertaining that any longer. Good. It's definitely going to be uh, either Florida or a place like Arizona if they don't go too blue on me. Uh, but let me uh, listen, of, Arizona, listen, let me tell you something. Go ahead. They tell you about the. Uh, the the heat the the humidity and they go it's dry. You walk into Scottsdale on a July day when it's 115 degrees, it's hot. They can call it dry all they want. You're going to be miserable in Arizona. Well, I've been to uh, Scottsdale in that area. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, but you have air conditioning. You know what? Are you going to sit outside your house? You stay inside yeah, your house you, with the air conditioning. No, you got to go outside once in a while, burn. No, a no. little bit, a little bit. Play a little one on one basketball with your son B. You do it in the evening. Uh, you're right. Okay. You know, right. have to bad. get into golf, Burn, if you're going to go Florida out there. Florida is a beautiful place. But listen, let me oh, get to this. Oh, that'll never happen. Bernie will never play golf. We've let already me... played it. Bernie and I get invited to the nicest golf tournaments every year, the nicest ones. And if they paid us appearance fees, we still wouldn't go. No, not at all. No. I, I, I detest the, the idea, the notion <laughs> that I'm going to get up at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning and uh, tee off somewhere Stupid. with a bunch of disgruntled, uh, frustrated, uh, you know, guys, middle-aged men with paunches that are, you know, they can't play golf. They're so, angry so, all the time. So right. And, and sexually frustrated because they can't get laid. And they think for some reason that leaving their wives for eight hours on a Saturday is going to help. I wasn't going that far. Well, I did. But, but listen, <laughs> let, let me get to this. Uh, Biden, the other night uh, during the uh, State of the Union, Lauren Boebert, the, the congresswoman from uh, Colorado, she heckled him about the 13 dead servicemen. This is Cut 18, Lou. Remember this? Play this. These burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home. Many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world, never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that would put them in a flag-draped coffin. I know. One of those 
You got to love it. So that's, that's good enough. So 13 of them, because he he did not address the Afghanistan debacle, which really is the defining moment of his presidency so far. A lot of other things as well, but that was the worst, the worst, the most disgusting thing. So she caught a lot of hell, this little firecracker did, from a lot of people, including the, the wretched uh, magpie, Whoopi Goldberg. Cut 39, play that one, Lou. Don't talk about the military unless you really want to talk about the military. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do what they do. That's why they we revere them, because they do the stuff we can't do. Right. And the minute you poop on them, who the hell do you think you are, little girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, shut up. Are? Who the hell do you think you are, Big Mama? She wasn't talking about the military. She was defending the military. They got killed because of the imbecile and, and his, his, his woke-tard staff. So anyway, she responded to Whoopi and a bunch of other people who criticized her yesterday. This is cut 19, Lou. I want to hear what the Lauren Boebert said. It is never wrong to stand up and speak out for moms and dads who lost their children. And I want to remind everyone who may be concerned about me speaking up at the State of the Union that Joe Biden was 100% responsible for the deaths of the 13 brave service members we lost in Afghanistan. And last night, he took zero responsibility for it. So when Joe Biden started talking about flag-draped coffins, I got fired up. My mind went straight to the 13 soldiers that died in Afghanistan. The mother, the mother of one of those heroes lives in my district. She told me Joe Biden killed her son. So you're darn right I spoke up. And if I could redo last night, I would absolutely do it again. And I am proud oh. to have mentioned these 13 brave men and women because the media would have given oh. Joe Biden a complete pass. Oh, my good, God. Somebody get me a Marlboro light. Please, somebody uh, get me a Marlboro light. She is terrific. Oh, just... you, you made the best observation of the morning, I think. I did? Yeah. With the, they're saying, how dare you disrespect the president of the State of the Union? Oh, and well, you, I went back you, to Nancy Pelosi. Exactly. Right, right. Ripping up the uh, State of the Union speech. Uh, which, I mean, by the way, everybody saw because she was sitting right behind President Trump. Everybody saw it. There's a lot of folks who didn't hear what Lauren Borbert said, don't know who she is. And even if they did understand it, like like she just said, she stuck up with 13 dead soldiers. What Pelosi did, I have to tell you, Bernie, you're a lot smarter than I am. But in the nearly 55 years I'm on this planet, I don't remember anything nearly as disrespectful no. as that. Not not a damn thing. Remember when George Bush uh, was in Iraq and somebody threw a shoe at him? Yes. And he ducked? Yes. Well, that's what she did to uh, President Trump back during, after, you know, yeah. after the State of the Union. Same, same uh, thing. That's a great was, analogy, was too. Extremely disrespectful. Yep. yep. That's a great analogy, no, too. So you, right. you brought it up. So, so compared to what Pelosi did, what Boebert did was nothing. And by the way, good for her for doing it because she, she's right. He would have gotten a pass for not mentioning uh, Afghanistan, which was a, is a huge stain on this guy's administration. It was a, just an awful, awful thing. And now he's the one and the, the people around him. Um, are, are managing this uh, military operation or whatever the hell we're doing out in uh, the Ukraine. Yeah, please. And we're then in you, trouble. You didn't play the whole whoopee thing there, but she goes on to say, hey, if you don't like Joe Biden, that's fine, but at least respect the office of the presidency. Whoopee, are you serious? You and your magpie friend, Joy Behar, all you people have spent every day for five and a half years now, five and a half maligning Donald Trump. Where is your... Where is your respect for the office of the presidency? You know what? You should have been fired. And don't worry about Lauren Boebert talking about service people. She carries a gun. She cares. 
You talked about my people, and they let you come back after two weeks. You should shut your fat mouth and thank God you still got a job, you hateful son of a bitch. <laughs> she wouldn't even mention Trump's name during his whole uh, four years, his tenure. that had all these other people, mock assassinations, cutting his head off, all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, shut your mouth, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and good for Lauren Boebert on the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. One of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Carlito's Way. You like that movie, Lou? With Al Pacino and... Um, uh, it's been a while, but I, I did like it. It was so great. The soundtrack weird. was great. This was on the soundtrack. Oh, look at my daughter, Ava. You know, my daughter, Ava... Bernie, you'll appreciate this. You've got your own beautiful daughter. She, um, she has this habit. She waits for Danielle to fall asleep, and then she'll send me a text message, like, very late at night. She knows I'm already sleeping. And she'll be like, Daddy, can you leave 20 bucks before you leave? And nine times out of ten, I leave at 20. Last night she asked for twenty five. Inflation's become a big issue in my house, so I left her fifty bucks this morning. Kitchen table issue. That's right. She goes, um, "Thank you. How are you feeling?" And uh, Ava is not. You know, Gable asked me a hundred times a day, "How?" Because I didn't feel well yesterday. I took a nap. I woke up. I had a rash. I had to go to the doctor, get a shot. A whole thing went on. I'm fine now. But Chuck, she asked me how I'm feeling. Really? Yes. Maureen Walsh checks in. Mrs. Makeup across the street at Newsmax. She loves Bernie and Sid. I couldn't agree with you guys more. You guys are on fire. And Mikey Sullivan running in car. Spectacular. People uh, enjoying uh, today's program. And, and like Bill O'Reilly said, and Frankie Kravitz checks in. He, he loves what he's hearing. Uh, all, this, all this good stuff. Anyway, uh, part of the reason why is what Bill O'Reilly talked about, authenticity. And I don't know how many other radio shows in the country, Bernie, are going to play what you just played, Whoopi Goldberg, a host of other cuts that really go to show you every day just how hypocritical these people are. The same people that are upset with the lack of respect, which barely existed, barely, for Joe Biden, are the same people that heap all this garbage on Trump every day and don't stop. I have to tell you, today, MSNBC, for a good 30 minutes, we were on the air, of course, but I could still see at the corner of my eye what they're talking about. They spent 30 minutes on January 6th. January 6th. Are you kidding? I burn, I swear to God. And, and by the way, January 6th is a story today. It's a big story. I covered it at 8 o'clock. The story about a, a guy that, a uh, college graduate, great American, showed up that day, didn't hit anybody, didn't hurt anybody, wasn't responsible for one of the five cops that died. Another lie that Joe Biden said again yesterday. Good guy. Good guy. 71 months in prison. Killed himself last weekend. That was not the part of the story that Joe and Mika were talking about this morning. No, they were talking about Donald Trump and his law team and blah, 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 blah. That's what they were covering. January 6th. Unbelievable. No, I, I understand that they think they have an issue there. They really believe they do. I don't think they, they do at all. I think they have nothing else to talk about because of the failures of this, uh, this catastrophe of an administration here, this idiocracy that's uh, running the country down there in Washington, D.C. So that's why they stuck on January 6th. It, uh, and they, uh, for some sadistic reason, it, you know, they feel good about themselves talking about it. They, they really believe that they have some sort of moral high ground. I mean, uh, with January 6th and Donald Trump. Look, 2020, the, the summer of 2020, that's all you need to hear. 
peaceful, mostly peaceful protests while buildings are burning. They ignored it. They didn't care. We, they were storming police stations. They were storming federal courthouses. They didn't care. They were storming the White House. Remember when Trump walked out of the White House? He actually had to be es- escorted down to the basement. I do. They were, they were trying to knock the fence over. They just completely and totally ignore that. That was an insurrection. They were actually – Trump had to be uh, protected by the Secret Service. That was the, uh, uh, closer to a, uh, an insurrection than – Anything that happened on January 6th. How about that one day when Donald Trump, when he was doing the daily COVID press conferences with uh, his idiot Dr. Fauci and Burks and Pence and all these people, and there were gunshots. You remember that? That's right. They had to rush him out of the room, and there was a guy outside, and the security guards took him out. But there were gunshots outside the White House when he was trying to help this country uh, with the COVID problem. So let them uh, obsess over January 6th if they like. Uh, It's only going to hurt them because... Uh, in the you know various poll poll tested people don't care about it they don't care about that and by the way even though the news covers uh, this uh, Ukraine Iraq not Iraq excuse me Ukraine Russia stuff uh, most people in polls show the top ten issues it doesn't even appear in the top ten issues that they're concerned about good. Good. Believe it or not. Well, that's good. That means they're not, uh, you know, fooling a lot of folks that otherwise are very stupid people, as uh, Donald Trump would say. Very, very stupid people. Though uh, the, the the extent to which it affects them would be, uh, I guess, gas prices and, right. you know, right. maybe a nuclear missile or something on the roof of the right. building. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about that, Donald Trump, gas prices, oil, missiles, Russia, all that stuff. Let's grab our first call of the day, Bernie. We have not hit the phones yet today. We do need a caller, by the way, to play Beat Bernie next segment. Your chance at a $100 gift card, courtesy of the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, and a WABC Barry House coffee mug, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your chance to compete against the smartest guy that I know, my partner, the great Bernie McGurk. Here's Diane in Brooklyn talking about all that stuff, Bernard. Good morning, Diane. How are you, sweetie? Hi. Listen. Add another name to your hypocrite list, because when I heard Bill O'Reilly say, when he was explaining how oil is bought in America, how it's bought in advance, that he didn't know if Trump or Biden bought it, we were energy independent under Trump, and the whole world bought from us. How could he say that? Did, did he give the suggestion that, that it might have been Trump? Well, did, no, mean, did he say that? No, hold on, hold on. Uh, Diane, before you get too crazy, Bernie, uh, I don't think he said we bought it from Russia. He said he's not sure if something was signed when Trump was still in office. Was he Was he intimating uh, Diane's point? I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, no. He, was, he, he didn't know when these contracts were signed to buy the oil. Right. He doesn't know if it was done under Trump or under uh, Biden. The point is this. Uh, we were a net exporter of oil. We were still buying oil f- on the market from some people, but we were a net exporter. We were energy independent. We didn't really have to, but we did. Right. I mean, even when Donald Trump was president, we still bought oil from Russia, but not as much. Is that the exactly. case? Exactly. We got bought, it. Uh, yeah. For, for some complicated reason, we need to get uh, Conor McShane on from Fox Business to explain all this Well, let's to do us. that. Let's get Conor on. He's in uh, Poland today. I know that. But let's get him on because he let's, does know those specifics. And uh, listen, Bill O'Reilly is not a, a double talker. He's not a two-faced phony. No, he wasn't taking a shot no, at Trump. No, Not at all. No. Sorry, Diane. We love you to pieces. You sound adorable, but uh, we're going to disagree on that one. Alex, uh, like me, living in New York City, is line three. Good morning, Alex. How are you, pal? 
Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, you, you, we talked about uh, the uh, the misogyny of the uh, mayor, uh, you know, uh, keeping these masks on. And I just wanted to mention that you guys really uh, owe an apology to your uh, front desk lady, calling her pretty. That that kind of misogyny. I, I never I never said pretty. I, I said I, I said attractive. You moron. I never said pretty. And don't call a radio show with that nonsense, okay? Alex, Alex, Alex. Goodbye. That, Alex, goodbye. You're a jerk-off. That's what you call about? Because I said we have an attractive girl at the front desk who has a TV on a certain channel. That's what you're calling about? I mean, wow. you understand, Alex, you do understand the reason why this country is turning to shizzles because of people like you. Misogyny? Calling a woman attractive? Is, is uh, that misogyny? Excuse me? Is that right, right Burn? Uh, That's um, misogyny. Sounds like uh, a look, compliment to me. Uh, right. The governor put down this edict. The, the governor happens to be female. She said kids in schools do not have to wear masks. Right. And uh, Eric Adams said... Wait a second, wait a second. I run New York City. I'm not taking orders from a I woman. Don't I, I don't know if it, if it's the woman, woman part or the fact that she's a governor. I don't know what it is. Right. But I can speculate, and uh, I, I can say that maybe he was thinking, I'm not taking orders from this woman, up, this unelected woman governor up in Albany. I'm going to make my own decision. And he, he extended the uh, ban, I mean the, the mandate to wear masks in school for another week. He said, I'm going to do a study or something like that instead of uh, following suit uh, with every other county in the uh, and city in the in New York State. So it could, could possibly be a misogyny. But that it's, to call a woman attractive is hardly falls under that category. Hardly. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you. There is a voice of reason, ladies and gentlemen. You may not think I'm that. And I'm not. I, I agree. But Bernie certainly is. And uh, there you have it. <laughs> Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. Tell you what a special guy Bo Deedle is. He just called me. Tomorrow is the funeral for Joe Esposito's wife. Let me give you this info before we play Beat Bernie. Um, I wish um, Alec was in here to pronounce uh, how you say this. His church in Brooklyn. St. Athanasius, there it is, St. Athanasius Church. It's on Bay Parkway and 61st Street in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. And uh, the viewing is in the church tomorrow from 9 a.m. till noon, the lovely Chris Esposito, God rest her soul, who tragically and really shockingly passed away after seemingly doing better a few days ago. You could also watch it live streamed on the uh, the website for the church, St. Athanasius in, uh, in Bensonhurst. Thank you for that, Justin. But Bo Deedle is such a great friend, such a great guy. He actually offered to come here tomorrow morning and pick me up at 10 o'clock and take me to the funeral, which I may or may not be able to do. But either way, thank you for Bo. He also said, make sure you memorize those lines. And coming from a great actor like him, I appreciate that. Anyway, Dave is in Lutz, Florida. Today's Beat Bernie contestant. Good morning, David. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sid. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Uh, Where exactly is Lutz, Florida? It's, it's a suburb of Tampa, so just right up the road here. I'm about 10 miles from Raymond James Stadium. Okay, West Coast guy, Raymond James Stadium. Are uh, you upset that Tom Brady retired? Yeah, we, we could use him one more year, of course, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens, right? I guess. I mean, look, once you win a championship, you got to take it. The Jets haven't done it in almost 60 years. The Giants are so far removed from being competitive that uh, you can't complain. You know, <laughs> you just had a couple of really good years with Tom Brady, so... Uh, good luck in today's game. Thank you for hopping on. Here's question number one, Dave. Samuel Tilden got the most votes in the 19, excuse me, in the 18 
76 presidential election, but lost in the Electoral College to who? The 19th president of the United States. And, oh, 1876. Um, oh, God. Uh, Rutherford Hayes. You know, uh, as you gave me that answer, myself, Dave, no disrespect. You ready? Tell me. Isn't Google a wonderful thing? Oh, what are you What's saying? Cool? <laughs> what was what was? <laughs> we gave an extra second. His finger is on the button. Now, maybe you actually did know that. Did you really know that? You cheat. Be honest. Uh, Sid, I'm a little older than you. I know a few things. Okay, fair enough. You cheated. Number two. <laughs> Sauce right back at you. There you go. Um, you sound young. You're really older than me. You sound much younger. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Formally titled, quote, an act to promote the defense of the United States. What was the name of the program under which the United States supplied the United Kingdom, Free France, the Republic of China, and later the Soviet Union and other allied nations with food, oil, and material between 1941 and 1945? That's a long question. Um, it is. It is. all that in. I mean, look, basically, it- Dave, we just helped out a bunch of countries with all kinds of stuff during that four-year post-World War II period. What are we looking for? I know it's wrong. I'm going to give it a guess. Is it the War Powers Act? Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you be Jesus. Better guess than I would have given, but uh, it is the Lend-Lease Act. Number three, eight American soldiers lost their lives in a failed attempt to rescue hostages held at the United States Embassy in April of 1980. Forgot about that. Jimmy Carter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's oh, the capital it? of Iran? Well, what is Tehran? Yes. That's the answer. <laughs> there you go. In 1954, the United States Congress added, quote, under God to the Pledge of Allegiance and made what the national motto? In God we trust. Yes. Final, what is the capital city of the country of Syria? Uh, Damascus. Yes. That's an excellent job. Well played, Dave. By the way, you think I'm attractive? You work out. You look good, Sid. You you look good. Well, you can't say that though, because now you just upset Alex somewhere on a car phone. He doesn't uh, like the grow up, Alex. <laughs> there you go, Davey. All right, four right. Excellent job. Let's uh, bring the champ back on. Rocky Marciano, Bernie McGurk. Bernard. That's right. Got to get all five right to win. He got four right. He's a cool guy. Okay. Oh, what's his name? David, and he's out of Lutz, Florida, ten miles outside of Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. David from Tampa. Okay, David, you're going down, bro. Oh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. wow. I, 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 I know. To- totally oh. just. Uh, that was an Irish throwdown. That, that right was like there. Rob Mastorino with wow. Lee Zeldin yesterday. Totally trying to dramatize this. Uh, I, know, no, I know. We'll see what happens. You're a nice guy. You're, you're, you're good with that. Number one. Until you punch me in the face, of course, 8 o'clock in the morning, 13 years ago. 19 oh, years ago. It's not like you weren't trying to punch me. No, nah, that's true. Uh, you're, a, you're a much better boxer. Number one, Samuel Tilden. Got the most votes in the 1876 presidential election, but lost in the Electoral College to who? The 19th president of the United States. Uh, 1876. That was right before Garfield. That would be, uh, geez, who the hell was this? That would be, uh, that would be. You don't answer, Bart. That would be Garfield, right? No. Wrong, no. two-legged back of he actually got this one right, the contestant, Rutherford B. Hayes. So, 
I'm all right. You got to get the next four right just to tie. Okay. Four, this is a long question, so here we go. Formally titled, quote, an act to promote the defense of the United States, end quote. What was the name of the program under which the United States supplied the United Kingdom, Free France, the Republic of China, and later the Soviet Union and other allied nations with food, oil, and material between the years of 1941 through 1945? Uh, That would be, uh, I believe, the Lend-Lease. Yes! Excellent job. He got that one wrong. Eight American soldiers lost their lives in a failed attempt to rescue hostages held at the United States Embassy in what city in 18, uh, April of 1980? I'll give you a hint. I gave him the same hint. It's the capital of Iran. The capital of Iran? Yeah. Uh, Tehran. Correct. In 1954, the United States Congress added, quote, under God to the Pledge of Allegiance and made what the national motto? Uh, Repeat the question quickly, please. In 1954, the United States Congress added, quote, under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. In God we trust. Yes. And finally, your chance to end a 4-4 tie for the second consecutive day. Bernard, what is the capital city of the country of Syria? It would be uh, the capital of Syria. It would be Damascus. That's right. 4-4 tie today. Both guys played very, very well. Bernie, say hello to Dave down in Lutz, Florida. Dave, it's a pleasure. How you doing, my brother? Doing great. Likewise, pleasure is all mine, Bernie. Thank you. Uh, not at all. Tampa's a it's a nice place, though. St. Petersburg's not so nice, though, right? Little different over there. Let's just well, I, I, I don't I don't want to get I don't want to get dinged off the air here. So yeah, Tampa's that's the better side of the bay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Tampa's a beautiful place. Uh, the Gulf Coast is nice. That's uh, Newport Ritchie is near there. Uh, I believe my mother-in-law lived in uh, Newport Ritchie. In fact, I know she did, and uh, we used to go down there. Beautiful area. Well, listen, thanks for playing, man. Uh, enjoy uh, Lutz, Florida. Thanks for playing, and uh, you gave it a great effort. Uh, so thank you. Guys, thank you for giving us a couple minutes of New York as you see it every day, even if we're not there anymore. I'm a Connecticut guy, so thank you for just bringing it home every morning for us. You got well, it. Congratulations Hello to uh, our friend Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and congratulations on your uh, escape. <laughs> yeah, you may escape from New York. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We will close out today's show as we do most days. You'll hear from the whole cast, take a couple of calls, and catch you on a Friday morning. We're back right after this. Beat Barney, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie loves Tom Jones. Loves him. I do. I know you do. I would actually catch his underwear if I was in the audience and he threw it. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Tom Jones concert, honestly? Nah. Me either. I would go. I, I, I'm sure he performed somewhere upstate in the old days when they had Kutcher's and the Browns and the Concord and Grossinger's and all those great spots. A he man's must, man. A million times. He is a, a man's man. Yes. A man's man from Wales. Is that where he's from? That's right. He's Welsh. Is this your favorite uh, song from him? No, you know my favorite song is uh, the one where he kills a woman, Delilah. Oh, why, 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 Delilah? Good song. I didn't know that's what that was about. Really? Yeah, he killed her. Well, it's a real life. It's a true story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
He did it before O.J. Simpson, it was still okay. I guess it was okay for O.J. too, because he killed the woman. He didn't go to jail. But they didn't take away any uh, trophies from Tom Jones. No, none of that. It took uh, O.J.'s Heisman. That was the extent of what... Well, though, he did pay with that subsequent sentence. What do you mean? Uh, Oh, in Vegas? Yeah, when they robbed his stuff. Well, that was... uh, He got that verdict because of what he did 12 years before. There's exactly no right. It. No exactly. doubt about so it. So he did pay. Uh, he did pay, yes. A certain price. He owes Fred Goldman like $30 million. I think he paid him like 18 cents. And he did give well, him, you're right, he gave him the Heisman. The trophy, yeah. yeah. Frankie Kravitz checks in. I saw Tom Jones. Frankie's a good buddy of the show. And Kimberly. And he said, quote, the dude can sing. Yes, I mean, he is a good singer, right? I mean, he's no, great. He's no Engelbert Humperdinck, though. Uh, you know, he, both of them in the same category. It's funny you should mention my mother Love the two of them. Is that and right? She did go to an Engelbert uh, concert, and I love them both as well. I can sing Engelbert songs till the cows come Oh, home. listen, if you start singing after the loving, I will drive to Long Island and make love to you today. Well, that that, that only inspires me not to sing the song. Oh, okay. But thank you for the offer. <laughs> okay. Uh, my mom actually went to a concert, uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. She touched his hand. The uh, typical, uh, she didn't wash her hand for days type uh, that's of funny. story. That's funny. Uh, that, that's my mom. She loved Engelbert and Tom Jones. I don't know who she liked better, though. Uh, yeah, it's close. Those two are close. You know, those days, those days are gone. Like, I, I can't, like, do you think that girls today, I guess I guess they have kind of the same reaction if they touch, um, I don't know, who's the guy, like, everybody died at his concert. He's one of the Kardashian girls and... Uh, Real low life. Uh, Travis, uh, what's his Scott. name? Travis Scott. Yeah, I mean, I guess if some young teenage girl touches him, they may feel the same way. I don't know. I, nah, I think it's different today. You think it's different? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I you mean, don't think it, if a young girl touches Snoop Dogg, she's like, oh, Martha yeah. Stewart loves Snoop Dogg, and so does Kelly Clarkson, apparently. All, well, these, all these great Americans who have made millions and millions and millions of dollars in this country that um, love hanging out with a guy that hates his country, hates cops, and is just maybe, and I mean this sincerely, one of the worst human beings God's ever created. Yeah, well, I think it is, uh, you know, a profit, uh, a money-oriented relationship, to be quite honest with you. But still, you know, to, you go, go into business with somebody else. You know, not that a guy who writes lyrics about shooting cops. Right. I mean, and a guy who's, by the way, I think he was convicted of murder or something back in the day. He was definitely killed somebody. Yeah, maybe he was convicted on a lesser charge, yeah. but uh, he killed somebody. Well, Don King killed somebody. Don King threw somebody out of a building. He literally killed them. Well, that was uh, that. I think that was like a fight. I, mean, I know, but still, I, I mean, don't don't kid yourself. Don used to have an office on Palmetto Park Road in Boca Raton, Florida, exactly three miles from my house, which I still own. And the name of his company is Only in America, with a crown of a king. And don't kid yourself. There's a lot of meaning behind that. Like, I can kill somebody and steal all of Mike Tyson's money and make a, and I love Don King, and make a billion dollars only in America. Oh, uh, he was, uh, he was all mobbed up, uh, oh, Don yeah. King. Yeah, oh, he yeah. Was, he was, uh, despite that only in America stuff, uh, yeah, he was a, uh, he was a thug. He was, but I will tell you this all the years doing sports talk radio, top five guest every time. He never once came in and didn't deliver. He was, was a such a good guest. Great performer, no do, doubt about he it. He was. And do you know that, that right before Donald Trump became president, Howard Stern, uh, and even after he became president, made the comment on his show that Trump was his best guest? And he wow. still stabbed him in the back a thousand times. And plus, he's uh, Peter King's uncle. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> oh, well, Don King. Yes, I did know yeah. that. Yes, he raised, actually, Peter. You didn't know that, did you? I did not. That's why Peter still boxes today. I don't want to. 
And he does. He sends us the uh, videotapes of him. I know. He's got a good left hook. I uh, tell a, you, he's a cute guy, Peter King. You gotta love him. You really do. Talking about cute guys, you're the cutest. And uh, it was today was great. Every day is great, but today was a lot of fun. And go home and uh, stay home, I should say, and relax and have a great Thursday. One more show, and we done for the week. How about that? I like buddy? what I hear, bro. I like what I hear. You, you're great yourself, Sid Rosenberg. Thank Always you. Always a pleasure, man. I love you. The whole cast, uh, everybody. Justin Ellick. Luke Legrano, Lou Rafino, having you back is it's just unbelievable. Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. Jacqueline, hello to you too. There you go. Have yourselves a great sunny Thursday in New York City. From all of us on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show to all of you until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning on a Friday. Peace! Such a crime.